You are listening to the fourth in a special of Star Trek podcast retrospective events on the HHW LOD network. I am your host, Craig DeManda, and I am so glad to be joined this evening by Mr. Richard Chub Toad Sheldon. What's going Hello. on tonight, sir? What's up? And Mr. Daryl Taylor. Hello. Now, as you can tell by our opening music, we'll be discussing the venerable series Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And for all of us, I, I can tell you right now, this is the one that I've been looking forward to the most. And I think after talking to you guys for the past two minutes <laughs> before we started the show, you guys feel the same way, correct? Oh, yes. Oh, for sure. Hello. Yeah. So Let me back, just say, just starting off, starting off with that music, because I, I really love the different direction that they took uh, Dennis McCarthy when he uh, composed that music, because it's such a departure from what we've had in oh, yeah. Star Trek, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know, there's something more majestic and just the beginning with those French horns coming in, just really love it. It just gets you excited. And I'm ready to talk about Deep Space Nine. It's going to be divisive. And go on through. Yeah, it'll be some <laughs> divisive stuff because this, I, I would say this is the most well-acted of all the Star Trek uh, shows, I think. You know, putting these clips together today for the show, and there are we, I've got several sound bites to kind of get us into the, into the mood as we did on the last show. Um, they're about two minutes each, and they kind of bring us into some of our favorite episodes. But putting those clips together, um, you are so right, Daryl. The acting, I mean, you can even hear it when we, yeah. we play some of these clips. You're going to be able to feel it. It's just, man, it's good, and it, it holds up. Um, this was so much fun putting this together today. I really had a fun, yeah. fun day going through and reliving Deep, Deep Space Nine. Although it's unlike Trek, it, and a lot, I mean, it's the most least of the Roddenberry's dream. I know that, but I, I love it more. I think it's, it, it covers more of. I think it's more important. I think this show covers so much more than what Roddenberry realized that they should cover. Like well, he. he yeah, he had an idealistic dream, and even in his, in his, in his own dreams, he was conflicted because he would do. There were things he episodes he wanted to do, um, and then he kind of changed his mind a lot. Like especially with uh, TNG, he would he would do things to go back on it, and I, because it's hard, you can't like when you show a perfect future. That is rough for a TV show. That is rough to do. Like how do you? Sh- it can't be perfect. There's no way. That the you know that it could be perfect and you still have an entertaining show. They kind of have to you know you got to shake things up. You have to yeah you know challenge that. Like yeah. it's good to have those ideals, but I think the best TNG episodes is when those ideals are challenged and nothing challenges it more than the situation when they, what they put DS Nine through. That was when they were like it's it's fine when you're on when you're traveling and going from place to place. And you start things, but DS9 is where you got to see the outcome. Like when they find a new new planet or a new species or uh, work out a new uh, treaty, this is where you see what happens with that treaty. Like, does it work? Yeah. They gotta live with it now. They gotta live with it. The the Enterprise can't just fly off and go to the next uh, solar system. They have to live with with the repercussions of it. Consequences and a lot of this is uh, TNG did a lot of stuff with the with the Cardassians. And uh, there were things that happened with them. Some of the out the outcome. This is the outcome of those uh, work with those Cardassians making that peace treaty with them, and yeah. then working with Bajor. Like there was a lot of thing. Their hands were tied a lot of times because they wanted to keep that 
that treaty with Kardashians, which bit them in the ass when it got down to the the, the war with the Dominion. So yeah, it, like, it's it was at all, the stage. Yeah, yeah sure. it set the stage, and then the Romulans, and I mean, like you know, like during yeah. the TNG stuff, the the less honorable of the Klingons got in charge. They were they kind of got power and. They became complacent, like Galron, for example. Yeah, and, and like his, Gowron, his own, and, Yeah, yeah. They got complacent and and cutthroat and dishonorable and like the, it was. It was so much of that in it that it just shook. War. Well, like empire, you could tell the disgust. Right. I mean, the entire had. Klingon Empire went through complete shakeup, through a completely different flip side of a power struggle that had been going on for a long time. Uh, you know, all that crap with Duras, everything else that, that happened, but it all kind of flew under the Federation's radar in a way. I mean, it's not like they ignored it completely, but there was so much shit going on with the Borg and everything else that all this change going on in the Klingon Empire kind of just went unchecked. And, yeah, and it, it completely... Well, it uh, made the... What hurt the Federation the world upside the down for what, yeah, what hurt the Federation, there were things that hurt the Federation, and that was, part of it was uh, the treaties with the Klingons, I mean, the treaties with the Cardassians, the holding to that agreement that caused the Maquis to break off, that made them weaker, um, and it and it scattered them, like, it made them weaker and, and open, and then it l- allowed the Cardassians to get closer than they should have, and then when they turned, it, it hurt them more than they than they realized not trying to to have a closer relationship with the Breen or the or the um, the Romulans, not being like not knowing the Romulans very well, like that was not a good thing for them. Yeah, um, there was a lot of politics in the show. Like you said there's a lot, a lot of intergalactic yeah. alpha quadrant um, politics that kind of found its way into the show. Yeah, but at the beginning of the show, it's funny, and I think when the original premise was developed by Michael Piller and pitched to the studios and Rick Berman, and they kind of spun it off off of TNG. They wanted it to be this kind of Western outpost, like a frontier mm-hmm. type of uh, well, station. Initially, and, it was going to be on a planet. They yes, gonna, I, I yeah. read that. Yeah, the I only reason that. they did a space station was because it would be cheaper production for sets and stuff. They wouldn't have to search locations. Like actually an actual so. Western type of set. They're right. It's too expensive yeah. to film outdoors every day. You're oh, right. Yeah. So they can control the, uh, the, the 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 money a little bit better on the inside. And, Which uh, I think got them which afforded them more quality writers and more quality acting and more quality directing well less overseeing as well right Uh, it it helped them too voyagers would save them a lot in in terms of um gave them a lot of leeway because Mm -hmm. when they were off developing voyager that became very important and that allowed them to pull to take off the reins well, a that's little. when it switched to Ira Bear at that point. Like, yeah. like when, when right. Michael when Michael Pillar kind of let go a little bit, and he mm-hmm. was kind of pulling back from from, well, from the production. To, he went to show run Voyager, didn't he? He he kind of launched Voyager, and then by the second or third season, he was pretty much out. But you're right; that, that's what you guys are saying. Yeah. So they gave it to Ira, and they made it Ira Stephen Bear's thing. Mm-hmm. And he's very smart. He was in TNG. He was in the writers' room pretty much throughout that. And he realized a couple of things, because he, he doesn't mind speaking for interviews. I remember watching one of the ones he did on one of the Blu-rays or DVD commentaries or whatever, that he realized somewhere around the third season that they were not letting Avery Brooks like act. Like yeah. They saw him in a play. He said he saw him doing a play somewhere in Hollywood mm-hmm. or wherever it was, and he goes, oh my God, 
this guy can act. But, but they had these restrictions on him when they wouldn't let him shave his head. They wouldn't yeah. let him do this. They yeah. wouldn't let him grow. He felt so confined in the Cisco role that you see right by the fifth, ep- by the fifth season, when the, when the hair's gone, that's when Iris said, look, Avery, turn it on. And you can see a switch went off in him. It's oh, like, did he? Right? Oh, you, yeah. you, you can see right from that yes. way of the warrior, from the way of the warrior yes. forward. In the rest of the season, you get that, that angry. That you know, season is the right. best season of DS Nine. Period. Because they let Avery be Avery. They mm-hmm. let him be himself. Mm-hmm. They let him be. Let him explore Cisco without this regimented kind of way. Same thing with Janeway. They did the same thing with her in Voyager. The first couple of seasons, they had it really tight. Her hair was up in the bun, and yeah. you know they didn't really let her be herself. And then by the seventh season, she's more Kate Mulgrew than she is Ka- the Catherine Janeway we saw talking about scientific problems and eddy currents and all this kind of mm-hmm. crazy, you know, scientific shenanigans in the first season. You know, so it's really kind of funny to see that evolution. I can't right. see Janeway without seeing red from Orange Is the New Black now, though. <laughs> She's great in that one. I she did. is awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Red is fun, and Ronald Moore too. Ronald Ronald D. Moore did a lot as well. well like he had no. a lot of uh, lot of things. Him and it was him and then Wolfie too. Yeah. Robert Hewitt, yeah. Wolfie, and uh, those are the guys on the DS Nine kind of train, right? You had Moore, Wolf. They like to um, dirty it up. Like Ronald oh, yeah. Moore and yep. Wolf, they were the ones that liked to bring in that conf. They liked to to push that envelope and and bring in that gray area of uh, Star Trek. And you said originally that Roddenberry's edict was, you know, no conflict mm-hmm. between the main characters. Well, geez, the first episode, you have nothing but yes. conflict. K- Kira is beating the hell out of oh, Cisco, yeah. insulting him. You got yeah. Odo and 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 Quark going at it. You got all these different people really at each other's throats in in this in the station. Yeah. And that was it's almost like, unfortunately, because he passed. But they realized they're going to change things up a little bit and make the show a little bit more about conflict. And I think it made it a richer place for the writers to work. Oh, yeah, it amped it up. I mean, it, they had episodes where there were so many. I didn't even realize how many episodes they had of just getting in touch with the crew. Like, they actually made it a point each season to have an episode, uh, have a few episodes of them realizing that they're losing touch. Like, there's things that have right. to, and they had to kind of reconnect. Like, you know, Brian was, was started to, to gel with Julian, and they started to do more. With those two characters, that was such and, a great friendship, wasn't yeah, it? The two of them, yeah, yeah right. And then you had Dax and 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 Cisco and their yep. friendship, and and how they went through a lot of challenges, and and she delved a lot into the. I didn't have them in my top fives a lot, but because there was just so many others that would just I, I just had to put them up there and over that. But there were a lot of uh, Jazia Dax episodes where. Um, she had to get into her other hosts and and she had challenges with that too and reconnecting with people right. that were you know family and even that was a, was a problem because they were you know like i had a thing where you're not supposed to really reconnect exactly with everyone that you were your previous hosts were connected to you're supposed to have new relationships new experiences and she kind of, they kind of cheated with that. Cause she yeah, had, they did. The reassociation yeah, taboo or something yeah, like that. They played got, with all that. Mm-hmm, yeah, they really they played did. with all that because she got right back with, with Cisco. That was, that was that you know, Curzon's best friend. Like True. They, they skirted right. that one really early, they right? They skirted yeah. that. And when she died, sadly, and they, and they uh, the, the new uh, symbiote um, Ezra came. Uh, Ezri, yep. Mm-hmm. Ezri, she hooked up with 
Worf, you're not even supposed to have sex with your. She did that, and she yes. also did it with, with Julian. And yeah, who yeah, knows? I mean, yeah. they went to some weird, weird angles with that yeah, one. You're right about did. that. Listen, it was, it was wartime, man. It was tough times. Sometimes it stuff sure happens, was. you know. <laughs> and also, I liked how they they made it a point to explain better to people that are not in the military what the difference between like the the engineers, the what O'Brien being the chief, how that's different. Than being a Starfleet officer, right? You know? right. He's a non-com. He's a he's a like um, the highest non-commissioned rank there is. Right? That's what he is. He's a he's a chief. Now, isn't right. it? Doesn't he become ensign or something though by like the fifth or sixth? Season? No, no. Nope. He's always no oh. chief. He's always the chief. He never wanted to be um, nope. an officer. He never wanted to be an officer. Yep. Uh, for some reason, I, I, I thought. I thought for some reason towards the end of the series, he did become an officer. No, right? the oh. little the little symbol on his collar changed a bit, but ultimately they joked around even when Nog graduated from the academy that he had to call Nog Sir. Right, like that was the joke oh, right. too. Yeah, it was a joke, right? Right. Yeah. So it's that's like, totally joke. <laughs> yeah. And it, and when Worf came in, the way that he handled them, he handled everybody like a Starfleet officer, and and O'Brien had to pull him to the side and be like. Um, Hey, comment that you know, like that, right. that's not how we do things here. They're not. It's not the Enterprise, Doc. Yeah, back yeah. up a minute. Yeah, this is, this is a little up. different. Yeah, back <laughs> up. you gotta you gotta do it differently with them. And war, you know, like we got to see the differences in that. Like we don't run it like a Starfleet. See, it's not not the flagship. You're not the flagship yeah. anymore. Okay, take take it back a few notches. All right, Captain Picard's not hanging around in here anymore. Exactly. This is a bigger. This is different. <laughs> there's layers to this. This this this. Uh, we got rules to this. Hey, hey Worf, you see me? I'm rolling my sleeves up now. You see that? You see that now? All right. So take it easy. Take it That's easy. That's right. That's right. And, and so many characters came from from like they they from what they started at in the first season to what they became uh, at at the end in, in the seventh season. Like you saw growth, like, yeah, I mean, big you know, time. like all of them too. All of them, all of them. Growth. like even even the Jadzi Akira type of that sisterhood kind of relationship yeah, that developed yeah, between totally. two of them, and you know all of them. You're right, kind of interrelated with each other, and they all even with Garrick. Hell, I mean, hell, he was a a oh. secondary tertiary guest character. It turned oh, it into was. he's part of the family. I mean, part of the family, yeah. You know, Golducott. He was basically even though he was the 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 main heel of the Greatest show, greatest villain. Oh yeah. But yeah, you felt like he was still yeah. part of the group. It's like when, yeah. when he was there, when, when what was it called to arms when he took over the station for a little mm-hmm. while? It's almost mm-hmm. felt natural. It's like okay, he's back. It's like it's cool. It's like here's Goldukat and Kira knows him and Odo knows him. And it's like okay, he's back again. You know, it's 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 and crazy how that works. And like it's, the things they got, you know, they did and got away with, like you know, finding uh, criminals like the one that um, the uh, the Bajoran that was working with them in the occupation and kind of he was the one that chose who went and got killed remember when they had the when they would kill them and, they, and he lived in he lived on Cadassia. yeah he was the, with the guy with the white hair with the with the cane mm-hmm. uh, yeah and he uh, wanted to die chairman kubo or his name was yeah, yeah okay yeah. right yeah kubis really, or something yeah and it really got into that about forgiveness can you forgive somebody like that like th- that was you know f- that was on the other side during the occupation and and cause many you know Bajorans to get murdered. Lots of themes we're going to touch upon. So what we're going to do here is we're going to uh, like we do with the next generation, which I think went really well. We're going to do our top five. Each of us are going to name our top five for going from five to one uh, of all time greatest episodes of Deep Space Nine. I'm going to intermix just to keep it fun. Some trivia in there as well. It's all for fun. Uh, we'll keep score, but in the end, and this is somewhat hard trivia, just like I do with Next Generation. So you guys, you say you've been 
be, uh, beefing up and brushing up on Deep Space Nine, we're going to find out how uh, how much you've been doing. I'm so it's going to be rough. <laughs> it's going to be rough. So, but it's fun though. I mean, we're going to we're going to keep it keep it light. So, let's just jump right into it. Uh, number five. Well, I guess we'll start with uh, Richard. What is your fifth favorite episode of all time? Deep Space Nine. Well, you already mentioned it, and that is Call to Arms. Woohoo! Call to Ooh. Arms. That's a good Call one. Call to Arms. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that set the stage really for the whole. Uh, I guess it was the sixth season. You're right. Like, it was the end of the fifth season, wasn't it? Uh, Call yep. to Arms. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of set the stage for the whole the, the beginning part of the sixth season, where, like I said, Ducat was in charge of the station and the whole founders, the whole arc there. Uh, um, Wayun and 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 Damar and. Yeah, that was a cool episode. The wormhole. Yeah, they they had to set up a thing to, to keep them from coming through. All of them from coming through the Dominion. I mean. Well, Cisco, you know, it's funny with that one. I mean, he he draws the line in the sand. He goes, "I said these convoys kept coming in the beginning of the episode, mm-hmm. right? They like every week they would like thousands of ships would come through." He goes, "That's it. I'm not I'm not standing for this anymore. I'm going to mine the wor- the wormhole." And then when you comes, bold and, decision right there too. Yep, it's just, he put them in war. He put them in the direction of war. Isn't that crazy? It's like, and, and, and I don't know if you check with Starfleet or not. He goes, "Nope, that's it. We're, we're done. Yeah, we're, we're, we're shutting no, the door here." That's it. He just he just called it. There was no it. no calling Starfleet command. No taking no. this to the board and discussing it. No with Admiral Nechayev or anything. I didn't it, see any it, of that. But, right? No. Boom! No soup for you. That was it. it was, he freaking called it like. <laughs> I mean, it, and that's a big deal because they almost lost. Like, this was not something where they just come but into it and they win. This pushed the Federation into the war, which we knew was inevitable with the mm-hmm. Dominion, it was obviously. Coming. Okay, it was But this this basically pushed them into active warfare with the Klingons yeah. and, and the Federation. The Romulans were still kind of hanging off to the side. They did this non-aggression pact mm-hmm. kind of thing, and but it really set the stage for the whole beginning of the sixth season. Right. And then, of course, the end of the series, the whole seventh season, uh, the whole wartime arc. I have a little clip here. I can play it, and we can kind of get into Call to Arms real quick. And I'm detecting another wave of enemy ships entering Bajoran space. What are your orders, Captain? We've done all we can here. Notify all remaining Starfleet personnel. We're evacuating the station. Warp! Jetsia, you should be on the Defiant. I heard you're not coming with us, that you've been assigned to Martok's ship. It may be some time before we see each other again. War, if we may never see each other again. This is war. We must put aside our personal feelings and focus on the task at hand. I've been through my share of wars. I know what I have to do. But before you leave, I want you to know that the answer is yes. Yes. Yes to what? Yes, I will marry you. That's what you've wanted from the beginning, isn't it? Yes. And I promise I will not rest until I stand with you again. Here. In this place where I belong. Yeah. That's a good episode. You're right. I really, um... Yeah. I think the war with the with the Klingons hurt the Klingons, and it hurt the Federation. It did, yeah. You mean when the Klingons invaded Cardassia at that point? Yeah, I, yeah. that... That right there, that war right there, because remember, they lost a lot of ships between each other, fighting each other for a while. Right, but that was and instigated by a changeling, though. Right? All they, of it, but they fell into it. Like, they fell they, into right, yeah. They fell right into it. I mean, yeah. you, you got into it because you're a woman at first, remember? He, he got into a, a shooting match yep. when they uh, 
when they stop uh, Cassidy's uh, ship. And, like, that was, you pushed it. Like, and they forgot these are Klingons. These are not, well, they forgot that who these Klingons, who Klingons were, because they were, were not prepared for this. They were, they got used to, uh, you know, the Klingons being their allies. So, mm-hmm. and, and Worf had to tell them, uh-uh, these are conquerors, though. Like, you, you're friends with them now, but they're, they're conquerors. That's what they were, you know, that's, that's what their race was born to do. So you got to remember that they don't play it like you do. Like they're not, they're not like Federation. You can't think of them as the, as the same way you think of other uh, other uh, races in the Federation, like the uh, the the um, the uh, what am I thinking of um, the Vulcans and whatnot. Yeah, they're like, not in lockstep. They they they're, they're allies, but they're not in lockstep with the Federation. Sometimes, yeah, they'll, right. they'll go their it, own that's way. That's their only conquerors that are part of the the Federation are the Klingons. Like usually, yeah. the other races, like the Vulcans, are kind of like minded. With with the Federation ideals, but you know because of what happened to the Klingons, they kind of had to get lock and step with uh, the Federation. But they didn't like it <laughs> because as no. soon as they gave them the okay, yep, no, a, a great episode. It definitely set the table, and uh, I watched that again. I think I watched that today as well, and uh, it really did. It, it pulled a lot of things, a lot of themes together. I mean, mm-hmm. you got the, the the war is brewing, and yeah. think about it. It was really bold too. I mean, it's like almost giving the Enterprise over to. The Romulans for six episodes, like you've oh, never right. seen, you've never seen that before. Okay, they just switched the whole main cast. They didn't step foot back on Deep Space Nine, the bridge, I mean, or the op center, or whatever, for like six episodes into yeah. the next season. That was pretty yeah. bold. I mean, that's. Uh, I mean, Kira was they left, and Odo, they had to stay there. Kira, and, Odo, and they had a little resistance, and Jake stayed behind. Jake stayed behind. Biden, he's going to be a wartime reporter or whatever. Right. Yes. So he, he pissed off his dad and stayed behind. And then, but uh, the best thing is when yeah. Gal Dukat, though, sits down at that at that command that center ball. Right. and sees that baseball. Like, yes, like, yes. Like, like, bitch, I will be back. And Wei Yun is like, what, what is that thing? And he goes, mm-hmm. it's a message from Cisco. He's telling yep. me he'll be back. And he meant it. <laughs> That's right. He invented it. Like, he was. He was seriously those two characters. Like when the the Cardassians turned on the Federation, I felt it. Like I emotionally <laughs> was angry with Cisco because they had done so much together. Like they did yeah. a lot of episodes of setting up, um, setting up Goldukat to be a kind, not a good. You couldn't redeem him because this stuff he did. Where there's no redeeming what he did during the occupation, but. Right, just humanize him a little bit, you know, like the daughter when he when he finds out he has a half, he uh, a daughter who's half Bajoran, and he at first he's going to kill her, and then he and yeah he, he finds uh, Zial, that's right. He sees Zial, he changes his mind. Like that was the the conflict between her and and him and Kira, and then there were times when Kira found herself almost liking that dude. And yeah, she, and it, it was almost bearable at certain times. I mean, you know, but then he said, then she said, next time I see him, I'm going to kill him. That was, yeah, that, <laughs> Ducat. Well, she had I mean, to she, stop herself, like, yeah. cause she, and it kind of showed her, because she, on the, during the occupation, she was on the other side. It was kind of like she, with slavery and the occupation, where, you know, some of you in the house, you get, you get treated a little bit better when you're, when you're in the facilities and you, you still are a slave, you're still treated in, like you're inferior, but you, you're not out, you know. They don't. They're not putting you to work outside and beating you and and subjecting you to torture and all that kind of stuff. She doesn't see that because she's on the station, like she did. So she she kind of got lulled into a sense of complacency on the station before they uh, decided to do the uh, 
the little small band of uh, resistance cell that, that right. you know, they came up with. And she had, remember that day she had to catch herself. Like she she was almost like she almost fell into it like it was okay. Like she almost forgot that this that they were at war and this is what happened. And I think she used to challenge all of those other Bajorans and stuff who did do that during the occupation. Like they it was either they could resist and would die or, or suffer or they could go along with the uh, Cardassians and they got treated a little bit better than the others which some yeah. of them did and she hated them for it remember there were a lot of episodes where she was collaborator like, she hated she despised collaborators yeah that was her that and was her she thing, almost right? fell into that herself like she, she had to catch herself she definitely did she yeah had you're right to catch herself and she's you know and that was something that that was brave to do something like that and yeah you know, like you, you don't see that. You don't see characters go through that type of arc. Not on, not on Star Trek. You've never seen that before. Um, and the no. characters that we know, that we see every day. It, Absolutely. It, so, Daryl, what was your fifth episode then? Instead of talking about Call of Arms so much, what was your number five of all time, Deep Space I, Nine? I started from the beginning, first season. I picked the emissary, the first episode. That's a great episode. So good, it's so good. Like, would you say it's the best opening out of all the three, four series? For me, yes. Okay. Yes. Is it because of the Borg? Because of Wolf Three Five Nine? Is that why, or is it because it's just a really good episode? I mean, I think because it meant so much to the to his makeup. Like, it, yeah. it really went into what his whole deal. Like, we've never seen a. First of all, I mean, aside from him being a person of color. And 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 be the leader of the show. Besides that, we've never seen a Star Trek commander who's basically captain, but we've never seen him go through that that character go through an emotional thing like that, except for Picard um, after the Borg when he came home, and he kind of had that breakdown. Of, right, his um, family. Yeah, yeah no. this was that. Like, and, but it was uh, it was it was that on high. Like, this was a dude that he lost his wife. And he was mourning her and wanted to quit. Like he just did not, did not want to deal with this. He was not a happy camper. Yeah, not that a opening happy scene camper. though with Wolf Three Five Nine and all that. That was just awesome though. Come on, that was. Oh my goodness, that's great, man. I mean, they got it. They put Picard back in the the cutest uniform and go. Okay, oh. we're, we're we're doing this. We are we are making this happen. And they did it right too. And uh, and you can see and then even you can see why he even had a dislike for Picard because really he blames him for the totally for, for the death of his wife uh, totally. in essence. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you too, you know, one thing like with um, Next Generation, even the original series, Voyager and all that, when when they started off, that that first six episodes, even like almost the whole first season of Next Generation, you could see the actors like stretching into those roles, like trying to fit into that character and try to get everything to gel and all that. And with DS9, it's like a, like Avery Brooks, like 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 they'd already been in these characters for a while. Like th there was no having to get used to being these characters. That's a good boom. point. That's a really right good point. Right out of the gate. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because it's the first time a Star Trek series was launched during the production of another series. Mm, so be. so maybe that played into it, but it really. There was not that awkwardness of a new television show like you had with the other ones. This one just felt like. Well, these were all. Most of them were stage people. Uh, uh, True. You know, yep. the Avery Brooks, the, um, the the woman who played um, 
the woman who played Kira, she was a stage actor as well. Um, I think the one that played Julian, I think he was yeah, a stage Alexander actor. Yeah, Alexander City, well. yeah, he was definitely a stage actor. Sure. Like these yeah, were yeah. very strong, and, and, and Odo, the. the, the Renee, uh, well, yeah, television and stage. I mean, like all these yeah. people were, were stage actors. So it, it kind of, I think, was a little bit. They didn't have that, and even in TNG, um, it was you know like it, of course it was uh, Picard, the, the um, Patrick Stewart who was a stage actor, but you know the True. one, the others were not really that you know like I think only maybe the doc, the one that played the Doctor, I think she was a stage actress for a while, but the rest of them were more like TV actors. They weren't you know right. not people that came up. All Jonathan in- Frakes came from the blue and the gray. Remember that? Mm. Oh, that was a miniseries <laughs> yeah. or something? Yeah. 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 So That's they didn't come cool. from that. So yeah. you saw it. Like, and, and when they t- told them to pour it on, I mean, it, it wasn't hard for these people because this is the muscle that they knew. Like, this is, they were, right. they knew how to do this. They knew how to get yep. into these characters, man. And when they put them through the ringer, like this, in this show, every character goes through the ringer. Like, death, uh, uh, changes in their, you know, their home life, real revelations about how they grew up, you know, like with their parents, and like there was a lot of family issues and dynamics changed in this, in this show, and they, and you, you got to see that, like they, you didn't get to see that in a lot of the other shows because they were set on starships that were, you know, cost constantly moving from from place to place, but yeah, so the emissary, man, that is good, and I. It, it's, know, in my, it's in my honorable mentions. I'll say that. Richard, what were you going to say? I was going to say, you know, something else, too, about this show and, and this episode launching it is, you know, up until now, pretty much everything inside the Federation always felt like this utopian society. Mm-hmm. You know, all the drama was out there amongst the stars and amongst these alien worlds and everything else that we were exploring. And we got our week to week drama that way and you know as far as we knew everything was just hunky dory in the federation and right. you know there was no drama it was just this utopian life well here we are i mean yes this is out in space but this is actually part of everyday life of both military and civilian life mm-hmm. um even though we're not necessarily in federation space we're you know we're seeing day-to-day drama of of these people's lives where we didn't have that with the other star treks all the drama was out in the stars not right there in day-to-day life you know what i'm saying oh yeah and they set us up for a really rich uh background with the bajorans right from the beginning i mean you got a good taste of their planet right Uh, it it was beaten down from 50 years or plus of occupation there was uh you know the the religious aspect with the kyopaka and the thing with the pa and you got a lot of rich Details thrown at you for really first episode, and, and set it, up early, yeah. it set it up really early. But it made it made it really great for the whole rest of the show. I mean, they touched upon the idea of Cisco being the emissary. How, I mean, throughout the whole series. I mean, we didn't talk about Encounter at Farpoint really at all, except if Q no. popped up once in a while, right? I mean, that yeah. was really it. Right. Yep. You know, so th- it really it, it set the tone for the whole, the whole show. And but of course, to give him that catharsis, end. like of of like when that episode came up, and he basically when the uh, wormhole alien said to him, "Why do you keep going back to this point?" Like right. he kept showing him that it's not tragedy. linear. It's not linear. What it's are you not doing? Linear. Yeah, and right. It basically is telling him you stay in here, like you're not moving past the tragedy. You're stuck yep. in it, and 
to do that on this show like it's science fiction but you know like i think what's people get stuck on just the aliens and the you know like in the ships and the this and that and the side and the the science babble and all that kind of stuff but at the heart of it you know good good great science fiction is how it affects human interaction and to to deal with grief is not something that gets old in the future it's still there and and for him to have to go through that and and like you know the, the emotion he gives when he when he to, to when he's telling them how he felt and how right. he keeps going back to that like he breaks he, down i mean he really he breaks he, down right you ever see that for no. a strong character you know for somebody strong like that to do to be able to break down but yet he's still you know he's cisco is still that dude you know like there's no there's never a time where cisco comes off as a weak guy i got plenty of angry cisco clips coming up so just just, just, right. just hold just hold on guys i got plenty more to go here oh, man. Yeah. all right so good choice for number five my number fifth pick was um in the pale moonlight oh i got that too. the one with garrick and uh where they play so that was in your list as well yeah any top five okay cool so <clears throat> that one really stuck in me because talk about non Roddenberry uh, edict here. I mean, controversial too. He 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 conspired yeah. to commit murder. He really did. Yeah, he did. I mean, he, he did. did. He killed. He basically <laughs> was an accessory to murder. He's he even said that right. Exactly. So <clears throat> he's even said he lied. He cheated. He stealed. Mm-hmm. I mean, he stole. He he bribed men. I mean, he Cisco really pushed it to the edge. He tri- every Romulan kill is is his fault. Pretty because much, he, he tricked them into going in a war that they was never had to be in yet. It, right. Eventually, they would have had to go to war with them eventually because that's what the Dominion do. They make the pact, they beat down another uh, race and and subjugate them, and then they move on to the people that they actually had the pact with. That's what they do. They don't care. But they even just, even Cisco said at the beginning of the episode, you see, he when he was playing with with Dax and they were kind mm-hmm. of role playing, he right. goes, "Look, the Dominion's not going to have their perfect little order into the galaxy and let you live in disorder in the corner over there. No, they're going to surround you and basically come in and make their order in your land. So it's yeah. like, you, you, it's either you fight them now or you fight them later. But either way, you're going to have to fight them. But you know, remember, the Romulans, that, remember that line? Yeah. He said, "So I lied. I cheated. It, I bribed men. Exactly. Yeah, because it, 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 it's a voiceover type of episode. He, yeah. it, it's almost like they, they they did it in the form of a of a personal log and it, it's pl- and you hear the voiceover throughout the whole, whole episode which is pretty cool so well done yeah i got a little clip from that one it's not the voiceover part it's the end where he confronts garrick about the the murder and he Oof. gets a little he gets a little rough with garrick so let a me little uh, rough. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me pull that one up right now You killed him. That's right. That's what you planned to do all along, isn't it? You knew the data rod wouldn't hold up to scrutiny. You just wanted to get him on the station so that you could plant a bomb on his shuttle. It wasn't quite that simple. I did have hopes that the rod would somehow pass inspection, but I suspected that Tolar may not have been up to the task. And what about Tolar? Did you kill him too? Think of them both as tragic victims of war. (laughs) If you can allow your anger to subside for a moment, you'll see that they did not die in vain. The Romulans will enter the war. There's no guarantee of that. Oh, but I think that there is. You see, when the Tau Shi'ar finishes examining the wreckage of Renak's shuttle, they'll find the burnt remnants of a Cardassian optolithic data rod which somehow miraculously survived the explosion. After painstaking forensic examination, they'll discover that the rod contains a recording of a high-level Dominion meeting at which 
the invasion of Romulus was being planned. And then they'll discover that it is a fraud. Oh, I don't think they will. Because any imperfections in the forgery will appear to be a result of the explosion. So, with a seemingly legitimate rod in one hand and a dead senator in the other, I ask you, Captain, what conclusion would you draw? Man, he, he's the man. I'm, I'm sorry. Garrick is <laughs> angry, such a angry Cisco manipulator. Man. <laughs> Garrick is awesome. Okay, even the even the scenes in this episode where remember he meets him in the in the turbo mm-hmm. lift, and he's like, "You want to come with me to ops?" He goes, "I don't think I should be parading through ops with you." He's like, "You know, yeah." <laughs> like they, they they were just so chill with each other, like just planning murder and everything, and it was just so cool to watch both of them. He was their spy, man. Like when, when he was like the man from him. Uncle. Yeah, that was yeah, it. Right? When yeah. they didn't need him, it was all you know, like they could you know just kind of ignore him. But when then war came and they needed him, they used Garrick a lot. He was awesome. He's such a wordsmith. I mean, yeah. remember at the beginning, the earlier episodes, we you know with him and Bashir and the little lunches they would have and their repartee and you know the little back and forth and yeah. the lying and the bits and pieces. I mean, such a great character, and he was just not even a main character. He was just basically a guest star that was on maybe what a third of the episodes, if that. You know, not even so um, important to the show, right? So important, exactly. Great acting and great episode. So I'm glad it was on your list too. So let's go to our first trivia question. Do this one for Richard. Okay. Uh-oh. All right, Richard, are you ready? Are you sitting down? Yeah. All right, let me make this... Hmm. Okay, because I know you're... All right, hang on here. <laughs> okay, this is a fun one, but it is a little tough. What was the name of the baseball team Captain Cisco organized on the station? When they played the Vulcans, do you remember? I'll give you a clue. I'm remembering. Okay. I'm trying to. I... The episode is called Take Me Out to the Hollow Suite. Right. <laughs> um... I'm picturing the red and white uniform. Yep, you can and see everything. it in your head. I I can't I dude I'm picturing <laughs> white uniform and I can I take it for two hundred for the steal go ahead Daryl the Niners the Niners the is Niners. correct sir yes God damn it excellent good good job Daryl that was a good one all right I'll give you a follow up question so maybe you can get this one for a point since this is all for fun what was the name of Deep Space Nine before the Federation took it over oh you got to get this one it that was. was- Turakor or no. Oh, no, close. Come on, man, think about it. That was I gave you a softball one there. That was a real easy Come on, one. Think about it. We hear it a million times. You were close. You want to try to? You want to? Terraknor. There you yeah. go. I'll give you yeah. that one. All right, very good. So one for Daryl, one for Richard. On to the next one. Your fourth favorite episode, Richard. What was it? That was duet. Oh, it's awesome! It's in there. It's not on my list list. It's in the. It's in this the this is one of my, one of the ones I remember when I first watched it. How annoyed Kira made me. I just was so annoyed with her character. But going back and watching it again, I I, I 
totally got it. I don't know. I don't know. Just the, I just remember the first time not liking this episode. Because, you mean her hostility seemed over the top at the time? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, it just seemed like like she was way overselling her anger. You know, but it all makes sense now, right? Now knowing what you know now, it's like exactly right. Yeah, kind of yeah. kind of retcons itself, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What a great does, episode. Yeah. Just. Now, such a good episode. That one is also on my list, but it's higher up. But I will play the clip uh, now, just because we can get that going, because it's a really good one. You're Maritza, aren't you? You mistake me for that bug. That would bring nothing. Oh, you stupid Pachoran. Carl, don't you know who I am? I'm your nemesis. I'm your nightmare. I'm the Butcher of Galatep. The butcher of Galatep died six years ago. You're Eamon Maritza, his filing clerk. That's not true. I am alive. I will always be alive. It's Maritza who's dead. Maritza, who was good for nothing but cowering under his bunk and weeping like a woman, who every night covered his ears because he couldn't bear to hear the screaming for mercy of the Pajoras. <laughs> Cover my ears every night. I couldn't bear to hear those horrible screams. You have no idea what it's like to be a coward. <laughs> See these horrors and do nothing. But it's his dad, he deserves to be dead. What are you doing? I'm letting you go. Security! Get in here! You didn't commit those crimes. And you couldn't stop them. You were only one man. Don't you see? I have to be punished. We all have to be punished. Major, you have to go out and tell them I'm Goldahil. It's the only way. Why are you doing this? For Cardassia. Cardassia will only survive if it stands in front of Bajor and admits the truth. My trial will force Cardassia to acknowledge its guilt. And we're guilty, all of us. My death is necessary. you're asking for is another murder enough good people have already died i won't help kill another wow powerful wow powerful man this this is an example for all showrunners of all episodic television out there to know that when you're forced to have to do a bottle episode to save budget for some bigger episode, mm-hmm. that it doesn't have to suck because this this was a bottle episode, um, very few cast members, same scenery over and over again, and very very powerful, very um, echoing of the Nuremberg trials, of yeah. you know the Nazi criminals, just deli- just totally. all of that, yeah. the back and forth between Maritza and 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 her, very reminiscent of of like silence of the lambs in a way just that repartee back and forth of 
just very, very, very powerful writing, very good episode, and, you know, it's definitely, you said it's in your top five as well. It is. Oh, that definitely is. It's much further up, though, and I, and, uh, but I just loved it. I, I, I'll talk about it when I get to, I guess, get to it on my, my section, but amazing, amazing um, uh, acting, and the actor's name is Harris Eulen. Uh, just, just the, going back with Nana Visitor and just, just really uh, spectacular, well-written episode. Oh, Has yeah. a tragic ending at the end. You really, f- you, I mean, <laughs> another one that kind of is a little bit of a tearjerker on DS9. It has several of them somehow, mm-hmm. and this, this to me is definitely one of them. Oh, it's it's to deal with that occupation, survivor's guilt, man. It's right. Like, it, like, what do you? Like it's just not so cut and dry. You you, you see the war and they talk about the war, but it's. There are victims all over in that in that war in that occupation, and and you kind of get to see that. I mean, and then you even the Cardassians get the you know their episodes where the the Cardassians were not all in step in line with uh, that occupation. You know, they they hated it as well, but what, they couldn't stop it either. And, That's a good and point. They had to deal with They're it. They're not just like this one monolithic society mm-hmm. where they, they all hate Bajorans. No, there's you know the military had their duty, but then there was kind of these these innocent um, participators that were there, yeah. but they really didn't want to be there, and they you know they felt for these people, and they mm-hmm. cried. He cried this, himself to bed every night, and it really just a powerful episode, and to be in the first season, no less. I yeah. mean. The yeah, first right. season had some yeah. had some real. I mean, there's a couple episodes there that gave me some pause. I'm like, oh, this show's going the wrong way. Mm-hmm. But there's ones like this that came by. And I was like, whoa, okay, that was just powerful. And you yeah. saw Odo do his little investigation. You saw, you know, Goldacott was in there through subspace, kind of back and forth a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. you had a little bit of everything. And, and like you said, for a bottle episode, man, they can bottle every one of them if they're this quality. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah, they had quite a few of these these uh, bottle episodes uh, yeah. throughout the seasons. So what was yours, Daryl? Uh, mine was in Purgatory Shadow. Okay. Okay. Now, just so we're clear, in that one, because all the names kind of <laughs> they they run along. Which what was the, what was that one again? That was the one where you find this was the aftermath of the episode where uh, remember when um, we don't know it's Garrick's father, but oh yes, they, the the episode where they take out and this was smart. This was so ingenious. They they outsmarted the Tal Shiar and mm-hmm. the Obsidian Order and tricked them all into going after the Founder's planet. And you think they destroy all of them, but that's not what they did. They captured them. <laughs> I remember this now. Them. Yep. And Garrick gets a subspace message, right? They get it mm-hmm. from DS Nine, but uh, he, he <laughs> it's pretty good. It actually turns out to be uh, what is it? Um, his father. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's well, it. We don't. And we, right? Yeah, we still don't know though. That's yeah. true. That's true. No, Arventain is is his father, and it it brings uh, Martok back in, and he becomes like a reoccurring character in the in the show after this. Right, because this is where we find out that Martok, the the Martok we think we know, was actually Mm -hmm. a changeling. He's been replaced. Right, even though it throws you off because in the book, it implies before you find out in the in the novel that I read, Mm -hmm. it they they didn't get the message that they were going to make him. a, uh, a changeling. Okay. So when he's talking in in the word in the back and forth and in his head, when the book gets in his head, it's actually one talk. Oh, I see what you're saying. But yeah. So they had a glitch in that. Like meaning, the they, meaning they captured him after we saw him in the way of the warrior or something. Right. Is that okay? I got gotcha. you. Right. Yeah. No, this is really cool. Actually, I do have a clip from this one. Um, uh, this is funny, and you know, we see this back and forth with Garrick again. He he is the central character of, of this episode. You see. 
uh, what, what, he even said something to Cisco uh, that uh, anytime the commander wants me to decode any laundry lists, let me know or something. He kind of pretends he doesn't know what the message is, right? And, and he plays I it off. Count it as a two-parter, and it's it's, it is. it's actually a real. It's actually two character arcs for both Garrick and Worf. And Worf, right? And then we see Bashir was also replaced with a changeling as well mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. In, in this one. So right. uh, I have a little clip, and this is actually where. Him and Worf have this little repartee going, and, and, and Worf calls him a saboteur. You'll see, it's actually pretty, pretty good. Here we go. Peace. What about Garrick? I want him back, too. I suppose I don't have to tell you to keep a close eye on him. At the first sign of betrayal, I will kill him, but I promise to return the body <laughs> in time. I assume that's a joke. <laughs> we will see. You want me to sponsor your application to Starfleet Academy. But what do you think? I think it is a bad idea. Well, I'd write the actual letter myself. I just need you to sign it. Find someone else. Why? Because I'm a Cardassian. You're a Klingon. Nog is a Ferengi. Starfleet Academy is a very accepting place. You are not just a Cardassian. You are a spy, an assassin, and a saboteur. <laughs> <laughs> Does that sum up Garrick? I mean, this Worf just... Yes. Right? I mean, yes. A spy, an assassin, and a saboteur. <laughs> He's yeah. definitely been keeping up with the Kardashians. <laughs> oh and man! The, all the fighting games where the Jemadar kept making them, uh, making war fight right. all, and he was winning at first, but he had to keep fighting other Jemadar who yes. were well, okay. They were healthy, like they're like they, blood they sport. Were not tired. Yeah, that no, was pretty cool. That was a good and one. He wouldn't fall, and and Martok lost his eye with this because he was getting beat up too until Worf came in That's just for challenge for sport, right? And Worf just wouldn't fall. Like, they put him through the rigor, man. They he did. did not fall. And he was like, like break, he was breaking some of their necks and stuff. He was doing all yes. kinds of crazy stuff. Oh, yeah. he didn't care. When he, when he said, I'll, I'll, I'll kill them. Like, I think he liked, I think there's a part of him that kind of liked Cisco a little bit more than Picard. Oh, absolutely. Cisco let him be, a, Cisco let him be more of a Klingon. Do, do you think he would say that to Picard? I, at the first sign no. of treachery, I will oh, kill man. him. No. <laughs> Picard with like, Mr. Worf, really? Come on now. Yeah. yeah. He got to be a Klingon in this. <laughs> he never got to be in, in TNG because they were, you know, it was peacetime. You're not, you can't be running around cracking necks and stuff and and killing people just because. Do you remember the episode where there was actually early on when, when Worf joined the crew where they went took the Defiant into the Gamma Quadrant? Mm-hmm. I, I think it was actually, no, no, it was to get um, Odo healed or get him because he had the disease, whatever it was. Oh, yeah. They, and they, and, they, and um, exactly. Garrick tried to sabotage the Defiant. And they had this fight scene inside yeah. the Jeffrey's tube. Do you remember yeah. that? With him and Garrick? He goes, you fight well for a tailor. Yeah. They had a, 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 just a, a kind of respect for each other. They never Broken Link, I think it was called. Broken leg, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they had that respect for each other. Like I know who you are. Exactly, it was kind of cool. He hovers over him. You fight well, for yeah. Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. I mean, who thinks of this stuff? Just so good, yeah, so is. good. All right, my number four pick, uh, top five, was an episode in the second season, and this was tough because it could have went to another way, and I'll explain that in a minute. But the where it ended up was an episode called Whispers. And this is, I don't know if you remember the one where Chief O'Brien is, again, it's kind of a voiceover episode where he he feels the whole gang of the crew is against him. He returns from this mission and he's trying to figure out why they're all like being conspiring against him. And and, uh, he ends up escaping the station and ends up, he's he's a replicant. Like he's not really him. Right. Very cool episode. I like it because you see a lot of the 
DS9 kind of force field action. He's beaming himself off. He's throwing the communicator out. He's doing some like uh, runabout warfare where he's hiding on the pole of the planet. And, you know, just he's got pretty much everything you want in an early Deep Space Nine episode. You get the action, you get the little emotional piece at the end. Uh, just one of my all time favorites. But the one that it could have went to is a similar episode with O'Brien kind of kicking some butt, Captive Pursuit from the first season, uh-huh, but it, uh-huh. but it lost to that. I, I think Whispers was a better all-around episode. I thought you were going to do the other one that was like a character thing with him when he came home. Remember when they did the prison one where he had to go? Oh, they they yeah. put all these years of being in prison in his brain. Hard time. Hard, hard time. time. Yeah, no, it, that wasn't – no, 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 no. I, that's a good one, but I needed a little more action. That was okay. kind of a little, had bo- no little bodily. Yeah, that was yeah. him just dealing with PST with uh, uh, post-traumatic stress. Yeah, that it was cool, but I needed a little more – Phasers, you know, I needed something there. I needed something to make it to the top five. And Brian always getting caught by some race and accused of killing somebody. Brian got he got captured by the what was it? Yeah, the Paradins. He got Mm -hmm. the 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 Cardassians got him. Took took his tooth. They got the uh, what else? Who else took him? the other planet where they were destroying those biological weapons, right? They, they, everyone's after well, O'Brien. Hate, yeah, because yeah. the Cardassians hate him because he was a wartime guy. Like, exactly. He, he was in the war with the Cardassians, so they remembered that, and they wanted to kind of, you know, that's how spiteful some of them were. We it know who like, you are, Mr. That O'Brien. Dude. That's it. <laughs> get that dude. Let's, let's make something up and get him. But it's a, it's a good, just a quintessential early mm-hmm. DS9 episode. You get a little everything. Yeah. The runabouts, yeah. the, the, the in-station fighting, the... The hiding in the conduits, it's a little bit of everything, and the, the voiceover twist. stuff, yeah, and the twist, and the You're twist like, at the oh, end shoot. where he goes, "Tell Keiko I love her," you know, like at the end yeah. when, he, when he dies, and uh, you know, just a really cool action episode. I just like it the, tricked uh, yeah. me because I'm like, oh, maybe he's in another universe or something. I'm like, is that what it is? He even calls the admiral like on the way he's trying. Yeah. He, he's, like, he's like, admiral, listen, I don't know what's going on, but my commander is going crazy. The whole station. Turn the runabout around, Mr. O'Brien. They won't hurt you. It's like, oh, my God, they got to, got to the Admiral, too. It's like, you know. everybody. What's going on? <laughs> like, yeah, it was a good twist because I didn't figure it out. Yeah, so that's one of my all-time, all-time favorites. So definitely made number four. All right, time for trivia, guys. Uh, let's right. see here. So I went with Richard first. Daryl, you're up now. Uh-uh. All right, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you. Okay, this is a good one. What Federation vessel? All right, see, already was first destroyed by the Dominion. Now, we saw it in the episode called The Gem Hadar, which was the season two closer, I believe. Mm, was it the Yamato? Well, the Yamato was blown up in season two of TNG. Oh, okay. But it was Galaxy class, so I'll give you that. Yeah, it was a Galaxy. It was a Galaxy, and, uh, and they flew out there to, to, to look for Cisco. With an o. It's the you are right. It did start with oh, a no. It's really the, good. Odyssey? Watching the brain cells connect. The, the Odyssey. Yeah. You're right. You're yes. right. Odyssey. Yes. Wow. That was strong. That Woo. was strong, man. Damn it. Because I was thinking of that. You know that cross the thing where they both saw the Yamada get destroyed or something. I know. I know. That was that was, was on a the cross uh, thing when I was looking at episodes. Those old galaxy classes, man. I'll tell you, but. Uh, but to see that blown up by the Gemindar was pretty stirring. I think. Wait a second. If it can blow up a galaxy class and these. These guys aren't playing. I mean, well, that showed them. That got the defiant built, pretty much, because the next episode of the defiant came. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that the, was the season the, three the opening. Japanese suicide bombers. They were like, oh, they don't play. This is well, that's what they did, right? The, the, the war, the, basically, the battle was over, but they mm-hmm. kept lo- just slamming their vessels into the secondary hull of the Odyssey, and then just blew it up. And just that was the end of it. That and, showed uh, them that the Federation, you ain't ready for this type of enemy. 
You're not ready for this. You're you're not prepared. Like the Romulans wouldn't pull something like that. Yeah. No, Rom, none of them. Rom, Romulans, Cardassians. No one you fought would do something like that. You don't. Wow. You don't waste resources. Not even the Borg did that. You don't waste resources. You, that's a that's a good one. You're right. Well, good call, sir. Very nice. Good job on that. Yes. Number three, Richard. All right. Number three was the way of the warrior. Oh, oh, that's cross, a good one. Crossing notes because this one mine too. Oh, it's such a good episode. Mm. Read the book on that too. That was another one where I read the novel. Yeah, that was a really good one. I mean, like I said, it set the it set the tone for the whole second half of the series. I mm-hmm. think, and it, yep. uh, Iris, Stephen Bear just let them let their hair down and really let these actors be themselves. They brought Worf on uh, mm-hmm. to to stir things up a bit, but they did it in a really cool way. And I think the show just took off from there. It took, the, the theme music changed at right. that point. It brought too. people in because a lot of people had t- tapped yep. out on this on this show because they thought it was unlike Trek. It was and going it was, a little slow, I think, for some people. Yeah. And it was it was yeah. not moving anywhere. And then Cisco was like, "What was he? He was like basically like a hotel manager. He was, you know, what was he mm-hmm. doing? He wasn't yeah, really what doing were you much. Doing? No, I hope you enjoy your stay in the station. And you know, it's like, okay, right. great. It's what is he doing? You know, but now that the beard's there, the hair's shaved. He's, well, he's yeah. action now. Yeah. He got, got warping. They're bringing in all the Klingon <laughs> stuff. This is where we're getting, you know, right. All, all the all this political and and. I love war. how Tasia looks at him. She's like, mm, I'm gonna give me some of that war. You saw when she, she said, when he said a little something to him in, in Quark's bar, right? She goes, ah, yeah, cheek, a cheek, I want to die. He goes, okay, I think so too. Yeah, whatever she said. And it set a, it set a dynamic because when he uh, when Montauk's uh, Drex, his son, yeah, 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 was a bully. When he came in there at the bar, at the bar and took him down, right? Yeah, him. he totally bitched him. He goes, "I'm Worf, son of Moog." Boom! He <laughs> flips him over, takes his knife, which is his honor knife. Right, that's yeah, that's, that's the thing. You Dr. don't take Hard. the honor knife. Yeah, and then growled at the other four guys. <laughs> and Jensi is like, "Ooh, he's good. He's yeah. good." She said that. Yeah, Bashir yeah. is like hating in the back, like. Damn. And O'Brien's like, what did I tell you? That's what I tell you. It's yeah, Worf. He's my man. Sure. He's like, my that boy. was a triangle that went on for a while. Like, you know, <laughs> she really liked Dax. That's pretty funny. Yeah, he got put to the back seat. Yeah. But, but you're right. I think someone, one of you said it too. They brought in Cassidy Yates, a little love interest yep. for, uh, for Cisco. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a really great two-parter. That was almost like a movie. That was almost like a feature. It was a movie because right. they, yeah. they showed it back-to-back. They, they did, did show it as one long. They did, right? Okay. Yep. Yep. They didn't well, even do and it. And it's kind of a bookend because this is produced just a few years after The Undiscovered Country. And if you think about it, this is kind of a bookend to that because this is when the Klingons leave the Kittimer Accords. Yep. Yep. That's a good point. You're right. They, 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 they abrogate the, the treaty, finally, that they had with the Federation, it's and just that's done. it. Right. It is done. Because, yeah, because they wouldn't go into Cardassia with them. But how about the armaments they, they added to the, the DS9 at this point, too? I oh, mean, yeah. Those photon launchers and phasers. Like, always DS9 was this ancient right. kind of beat-up station that was always outgunned. All back to the first episode because they had, nothing. They had faked it. Remember they had faked Brian torpedoes faked and stuff. Yeah, that right. they had all these armaments. And they were like, how did they get all these armaments on the, on the station? And it told, and the Cardassian and found out it was a trick. So right. they don't believe him. No one believes that the that the station has these weapons now. Like, it's go, a, yeah, Martok's like, oh, Duranium shadows or something. It's a joke. And, yeah, like, right. It's a, it's <laughs> right. a common joke that they, they fake this. You know, they don't have these weapons. It's but you see those those launchers come out of like the the pylons. You go, they what the hell are these? Things? And they're rotating around and firing the phasers yeah, and the, and the, so the 
Oh my! And, and they said that that sequence was like one of the most expensive. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, visual awesome. sequences. A lot of money because there was no CG. I mean, some CG they worked into that actually. There was a little bit. Those sequences with the like I said, the weapons and stuff. They didn't modify the model. Like that was all CG. You know, um, of DS9. But the ships flying around. That was not. That was no. still traditional optical stuff. And oh my god, that must have cost a lot of money for that. And the fight on the bridge and the right. The, the, oh, on ops! Oh, yeah, the bat. The, the bat. How many Klingons were there? Like hundred oh, Klingons, right? With they the showed bat-lets. three yeah. sections. They showed the bridge. The uh, what do they call the the main place? Oh, well, the promenade. Yeah, the, the ops, promenade. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. And, right. And, yeah. And back when they and then when they were going after the they were going to another section to, in the docking rings to get to get the politicians that they had saved right the, the, it was Garrick and Ducat back to back fighting made uh, them work point. together yeah. for a that's minute. right. That's right. That was a, a really cool episode. And I love, uh, Kira got stabbed at one point too. Maybe she did. Yes, she got, got stabbed, stabbed right in the side. She, she pulls it out and like just beats the hell out of this Klingon. Like, oh my yeah, god! She does <laughs> the awesome trek move. You know, like uh, pull it out, hit him with the elbow. Right. Hit him with the back of your hand. Yeah, it's a combo. It's always a combo move. The back of the hand, the the elbow, both hands together, and then you slam them in the face, and then they fall down like that. Is the that is the classic (laughs) Star Trek fight. Done total. I think Worf had his mech left too, which we saw him using more now. Right, the little half the half bat left. Just said this is what I've been waiting for all my. (laughs) The Enterprise. What are you gonna do? He just fired his phaser once in a while. You know, he didn't really do too much. Right now, he's fighting Klingons on on the bridge. All right, awesome. Just told me always told. Them, just go back to your station. <laughs> <laughs> Recommend fire torpedoes, sir. No negative. Belay that. Belay oh, that. That's right. That's, uh, in the next generation, he was Worf, the Federation officer. In DS9, he's Worf, son of Moog. Hell so yeah! He, 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 you don't, you don't, you don't f with him. <laughs> well, what was bad about like what what hurt him? Uh, he was like the worst security chief because they wanted, they didn't want. <laughs> They did something like they do with Superman, like when they, in the cartoons where you had Superman with all the other characters. They would weaken Superman because they didn't want him right, too strong because right. they would weaken the other characters. So they weakened Worf a lot. So he would always get knocked down, punched. Always, yeah. Oh, right. Over the ops. The, the, barrel, uh, the barrel would fall on his back, right, or something, yeah, right? Yeah. He, he started to become like the worst security chief. And you're a and uh, uh, Klingon, too, and you're getting beat up and knocked on the floor all the time. Like, you know, for that, I, it was so mad when they did the Borg one. He should have killed the first Borg guy. Oh, like, yeah. He, he should have been the one to come up, crack, crack his neck, have him fall down, and then they beam another well, one he on He did fire a phaser on the bridge. I mean, he did, he did technically kill the first Borg, I guess. Kind of, but, it, but I think it would have been better. I know they didn't hand think hand. about it, yeah, but it I think phasers. it would have been better if yeah. you have a Klingon. You forget who you have. You have a Klingon here. Show us that he's a Klingon. No, like, but you're right. No, but then the second Borg phasers give him a bat lift and just let him. But they did. They listen to the fans though for this. Wait, did they ever have a ba- yeah. bat lift fight versus the Borg? We never saw that, did we? Well, he did well, in the movie. We did. We saw the, the mech lift. We right. saw him use the right against the Borg. Right, right, but not but, on the show. Not, not on the show. show. You're right. Actually, he did get his ass kicked because the second Borg. He killed the first one on the bridge. Mm-hmm. The second one took him and basically threw him across the bridge. Yeah, right. just tossed him. Just tossed him. <laughs> and I'm like, out of all of them, this is the because he flies over the horseshoe too to yes. get to him, right? Yeah, yes. he, fl- he flies over. Okay, he lands down. And, yeah, it's, a, oh, it's funny. He tossed man. him like a like a rabbit. <laughs> like just just go away. Just he go worked. Away. Listen, he worked on his moves through seasons four, five, and six. The next um, generation, he he improved his batlet skills. What can I tell you? He Worf was no joke. I know, I know people were so happy that were Star Trek fans that never yeah. got to see him really 
get right. into it like they wanted to as much. And and they gave him full reign, boy. Even Cisco had a had a bat left. He was doing his thing. Yeah, you're right. At the end, he had because he picked one up and he was doing it right. Yeah, yeah he was, like, he was yeah, doing exactly. his thing. He was he was no like oh that fight was so good. Like it was a good Chief one. Was doing his th- oh man. Yeah, they were was, all they were all doing it. Th- it was great. It was a great battle scene and just a great episode all around. Um, interestingly enough, though, believe it or not, it didn't make my top five, but it's definitely an honorable mention for me. I just I just had other ones that trumped that as far as I'm concerned. But I mean, that was a good one. Um. So, Daryl, what is your number three? Uh, well, we already had the. We already talked about it. It was the pale, the pale moonlight. Yeah, gotcha. Pale moonlight. Okay. But we already we already discussed that one. Perfect. And then for my number three was far beyond the stars. Oh yes. And yeah, that one is honorable just, mention. Okay. Yes. Um, excellent. It's just one of the. I mean, great episode of television. It really is. Avery Brooks just put his heart and soul into that character of Benny. Oh, and gosh, uh, yeah. just just uh, it, it's a moving episode. If, I mean, I think it's it's hard to digest in the middle of the season. Like if you're watching sci-fi, 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 then you go mm-hmm. back in the fifties in New York City, and then it just it, it was weird. But looking at it now, I appreciate it even that much more yeah. than I did before. Yeah. Out of place, just by itself as an episode. Um, did that rank with you, Richard, in, in your top or no? No, no. But you know, this is one that I kind of forgot about that. Yeah, this definitely is up there. Um, very let, good one. Let me play a clip then to remind us about this one because I I didn't know I didn't know what your top five was going to be. I know this was going to be on mine, so let me uh, play the clip for you. He didn't want to publish my story, and we all know why. Because my hero is a colored man. Hey, this magazine belongs to Mr. Stone. If he doesn't want to publish this month, we don't publish this month. End of story. That doesn't make it right, and you know it. Don't tell me what I know. Besides, it's not about what's right. It's about what is. You can deny me all you want. But you cannot deny Ben Sisko exists. That future, that space station, all those people, they exist in here. In my mind, I created it. And every one of you know it. You read it. You, you, you hear what I'm telling you? You can pop a story, but you cannot destroy an idea. Don't you understand? That's ancient knowledge. You, don't you understand? It is real. I created it, and it's real. It's real. Oh, God. Somewhere far beyond all those distant stars, Benny Russell is dreaming of us. He sees himself in the in the reflection mm-hmm. in the window. That was that was a very powerful episode. Man, it was, and it, really it went. To, it touched our heart because it's this was kind of a thing where you know people of color we have kind of been shut out of sci-fi. Like for for it to be a a person of color and love sci-fi, you just don't. Well, you know, I mean, like this we was 1950s. It. I mean, 
well, even first, now, even in the nineties, uh, even well, in the yeah, 90s but and I mean, if you yeah. think about it, the first the first person of color of any prominence in 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 science fiction wasn't till in the sixties, late sixties with Uhura. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I right. mean, if you think about it, you know, right. and nothing, I mean, nothing regular. Anyway. And then to add to the, and then to just get the, and then it's like, well, you got the one, so what are you complaining about? Like, it took a while to build that up to get a lead in something. Like, they they just didn't do it. it plus, a lot of uh, sci-fi writers couldn't get their stuff published. You know, a lot of the right. lot of people of color couldn't get their science fiction novels published. They were turned away. They were like, nobody wants to read that. Yeah, it was just. You know, it it is interesting because I'm I one one of my guilty pleasures. I love like I'll, I'll find scans on the internet of like the, these old dime pulp fiction, you know, sci-fi <laughs> stories from the 30s and 40s right. and all that stuff. But you know, when I sit here and think about it, every single one of them, it's it's white people dealing with white yeah. cops, with white aliens, with white, you know creatures just yeah i mean well, we're the muscle like we 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 get right. turned into the muscle right we, you know like you have a team of different characters and the one the black guy the muscle and then you have and then you have the brains and the block you know and everybody has their different uh archetypes and stuff but uh right. it still was a difficult deal to get into like for people of color to get into that to to science fiction and writing those stories and and it really got into that like i, I think they really touched the frustration that we feel of you know and especially back then how they you know how they feel that pain he channeled it like that pain yeah. of having those thoughts and wanting to write and wanting to create and not being able to even though you have the ability because people are just they look at you and they see they see oh you can't write that type of stuff you don't know about that and and you know to be ignored women too i mean you know like they go through it just as much you know in that time as well well, yeah, yeah I mean, it, you know, in 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 the late 1800s into the early uh, 1900s, that you're talking about women there. I mean, women that were published in this genre were actually, you know, using male writers. They had to, uh, yeah. You know, I, yeah. it makes me wonder. I wonder, you know, because a lot of these uh, pulp fiction and science fiction writers and stuff, they were just people, you know, stuck in some <laughs> attic somewhere. That mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they 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 weren't seen or or known by. Oh, there were black people that did it too. I, I was, I, well, I'm no, sure I'm just were, wondering if there yeah. were you know black people that took on a, a white persona just to get their stories. There were some Hispanics and stuff that had to change their name. A lot of them had to change their name to a generic white name, even they, Jewish gentrified. people. By the name, yeah, I mean, yeah. Even right. Jewish people that they didn't feel comfortable doing that because they felt right. they probably wouldn't get their, their work wouldn't get looked at. They had to change their name to to an American name to to kind of not have to go through that type of scrutiny. And now, fast forward to today, <clears throat> we have a new series being developed under the Star Trek banner with a gay mm-hmm. character going to be in it. Yeah. Apparently, I mean, it's, yeah. it's been announced, so I mean, it's like and it's still a big enough deal that they have to say that. Uh, right, you, that's you know, true. It's, it's a good not, point. It's yeah. not that uh, uh, you know something that's just not a big deal anymore because it is because they had to say it. Yep. Well, there it is. I wonder if it would. Well, who knows? Uh, let's see here. Uh, time for trivia, actually. All right. And it is, I think, Richard's turn? Yep. yep. Okay. Thank you for keeping me straight. All right. This is a good one. This is a good one. You do All this, right. Jeff. All what, right. What was the name of Captain Sisko's friend that later joined the Maquis? 
I'll take the actor or the character name. How's that? Uh, I have no idea. For the steal? Uh, I'm trying to remember his name. And it's in my head because I know the actor. He's black. Yep. And I know the story because they they were uh, they came in the academy together. They both were married. They both lost their wives. It was a two-parter. God dang it. Um, God dang it, man. It's not uh, coming I'm, to I'm me. I'm getting you. I'm getting you, man. You're getting me because it's not like I see the dude. I see his face. I know it. I know it. That's funny. It's not Benny. It's not. Who is it? Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. I'm going to get you. Oh, I can't do it. I'm going to get not, you. It's not coming to me. Okay, well, the actor's name is Bernie Casey. Yes. Damn and it. the character's name was Calvin Hudson. Calvin! Hudson. Oh. Call me Cal. Yes. All right, so no points for either of you on that oh. one. I thought, that, I thought that was a relatively easy one, but I guess not. Just not thinking of the name because I had watched that early in the. In yeah, the remember, a, I said I've been it, doing this for two weeks. That's yep. an early episode. That was an early one. All right. Okay. It's been a while. Been a while. They don't mention him again. I think they. they no, he, he pretty that he well. Died there was something. one reference to him that Eddington made because he asked Eddington about him or something, Didn't and they he said he died or something. Yeah, Eddington said, "You remember right. Cal Hudson?" He go, "He's dead," and yeah. just pissed Cisco off even more. Like, it, it, yeah. yeah, there was one more reference to him, but that was it. Um. All right, this is good. This is really good. What was the name? And this is again for. Um, who, I'm sorry, who's. Uh, Richard, you're going. You can redeem yourself, okay? All right. Because it's your turn. What was the name? Another name one. Of the Romulan senator that was killed in the episode mm-hmm. we talked about before in the Pale Moonlight? What was his name? Damn. He's known for saying, It's a fake! Yeah. <laughs> That was funny. Uh, even, uh, um, God, it's a fake. It's a, you know, I met that actor at at a con recently, uh-huh. and he's got the photo on his table, and it says it's a fake on the photo, and it's him holding up the the thing, you know, the rod, uh-huh. and he'll sign it for you. Like if you want that picture of him doing that, word, wow. it's a fake. It's a fake. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's so funny. Like, you right. said it like a Ferengi. Exactly. Right. <laughs> it's like, you remember who you're playing? You're not playing a Ferengi this time. You're playing a. What do you think, Richard? I, I have no idea. All right. I'll take it easy with you. The name ones. Uh, Daryl, what do you think? Renak. Senator Renak is correct. Renak. Okay. For the steal. Oh. Excellent. I'm, I told you I would not be good at Deep Space Nine trivia. No, you're doing fine. <laughs> it's you're a doing lot of names. Good. We still, you still doing good, but it's a lot of names, man. A lot of characters in the show because they got a lot of visitors. It's, it's a lot of people coming into the show. It's a fake. <laughs> <laughs> let, me play, let me play that again. Hang on. It's a fake. <laughs> Imagine waking up to hear that. It's, it's a fake. <laughs> All right, Richard, let's see if we can get you some points here. Uh, Okay. I'll give you a point for each one you get right. This will be a way for you to get back in the game, okay, Richard? Oh, jeez. You can do this. Come on. You got it. Name the runabouts used on DS9. Maybe not. 
because I don't even remember those. <laughs> yeah, I'll, give you a, I'll, give, I'll give you a point for each one that you get right. Okay? Oh, I have dude. no idea. Oh, come on. You can't even name one? I'm terrible with those, too. You can't even name one? No. No, yeah. I can't. Are I, you serious? Dude, Deep Space Nine All and right, Voyager right. are not my... my Strong suit with names gotcha. and all that stuff. All right, so this is this is Craig's hard trivia. All right, yeah, you got me with that. Daryl, you got any of these? I never think about the is the real grand one. All right, yeah, you got one. Oh, That's, shit. The grand. That's the one. Oh, let me see. You got the Rubicon, the Yangtze, the Ganges, the uh, Volga, the Rio Grande, the Mekong, the Orinoco. Because they uh, named that after people, man. That no rivers. They named the rivers. Oh, yeah. rivers. Okay. Yeah, the Yukon and the Shenandoah. So those are the. I have the, no oh, idea what not, you are no, talking about. They're not wow. easy names. They're not easy names. This is like all right. All I right, just remember the runabouts. I don't remember anything about names. Yeah, they all right, all I'll names. lay off the they name ones. Did. I'll, I'll all lay off the name one. Names one for you. Fun though. All right, well, that's that's still it. hard. It's just hard to get the. I'm trying to remember the Rio Grande because it must have been the episode that made me remember that. Yeah, there was a lot. They 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 were used a lot in the earlier seasons, obviously. They didn't, oh, yeah, once the Defiant came on board. Right, they did lose, they lose. But one of them made it to the end. I think it was the Rio Grande that made it to the end. That's probably why I remember. That was the one that actually made it the whole run. The rest of them got blown up, destroyed, whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, so moving on. Number two. Richard, what was your number two pick? This is actually probably my most favorite episode. There's only a reason why my number one is number one, and that's because it's just the best episode of Star Trek television out there. But this one, even though it's my number two, is my most favorite one to watch, and that is Trials and Tribulations. <laughs> that's a good I, one. I mean, my, my second favorite of all original series episodes is the trouble with tribbles and this just having this i i don't know i i love this episode so much it was a fun one it was definitely a romp and it was a te technical uh achievement too the way they blended the original series episode seamlessly with the ds9 characters and how they kind of optically all work together on the same film and it really was an amazing episode and very fun to watch too oh totally it yeah, it was in my honorable mention. Let's put it that way. It wasn't in my top, um, but I thought it was very. I mean, it was again woven so together with the original episode so tightly. Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't leave any room for like that, that alternate universes or anything. At the end, when Cisco takes Kirk the report, yes, I just love that. <laughs> I absolutely love that, <laughs> uh, Lieutenant. Uh, Lieutenant. <laughs> Benjamin Sisko, sir. Yes. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it was good stuff. I, and, and I guess it brought the Tribbles back alive because Worf, mm -hmm. so, Worf talked about how they, the Klingons eradicated the Tribbles at the end of the 22nd century. Oh, yeah. 23rd century. Right. They, they eradicated the Tribbles. So now they're back in existence due to the time travel. It's pretty cool. It's so funny that you know, and I mean, they, uh, <laughs> that, that is a period in our history we do not discuss. Yeah. <laughs> well, they did discuss it in Enterprise, and I don't think I buy that episode. Well, it's the only way they could have explained it away, right? <laughs> they look, the Klingons without the foreheads. Those are Klingons? Oh, yeah. The augments. The augments, right, exactly. Right. Yeah. What happened? Even Bashir didn't know. What happened? Yeah. Like, you know. I want to know. I wanna... <laughs> we don't talk about it. Yeah. They are Klingons, but we don't discuss it. <laughs> that was pretty cool. All right, what was yours, uh, Daryl? Number two. Uh, I have to go with the die is cast. 
the die is cast. That is when I spoke about it before, mm-hmm. where the Tel Shiar and the Obsidian Order—they're all get wiped out. It's a great episode, and it, it does a lot with Garrick and the, when he's torturing Odo. Yes, powerful. When he's forced to torture Odo, and and he's holding, he's losing it, and when Odo finally has to admit that he wants to go home, like it's not the, and he's like, you you can go home, we're, we're gonna, and he's like, not to the station. To he the wants founders. to go home to my people. people. <laughs> And he's shaking, and he's like, "Tell me something, Odo. Tell me something." I hope Anything. it helped you. I hope it helped Lie you. Lie to me. <laughs> it was, it was... Oh, that was man. good stuff. Was so good, ep- good episode. Very good one again with Nabrantain and uh, yeah, with the... when he nuts out. When yeah, he, when Nabrantain nuts out, and end. he's like reciting things like, "I should have known he was a he was a changeling. I should have known." It was too cagey. Uh, it was too cagey. <laughs> and in the old days, I would have never trusted. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just looking off into space, and 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 Garrick, it's like, and you say to Garrick, like, why do you care so much, Garrick? Like, what is it? I know and you still don't know. You yeah, still don't you still, know what it, it is. It's true. At this point, you still don't even. Yeah, you kind of have a hint. I you mean, have a hint because Odo even goes there. He goes because he, he says in, in the runabout as they were heading to that, you know, that meeting that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's got to be more. It's something personal. It's even it's a, some kind of obligation that I, yeah. you know, it's beyond friendship. It's it's you know, he's hinting at it. And after that episode, they started to have lunch together. Bre- that breakfast. Was another it was breakfast. Relationship. Breakfast, right. Right. That was another relationship that was formed because of an adventure. Right. I, I mean, they, they, they had a mutual respect for each other at that mm-hmm. point, you know, because uh, I guess they felt kindred a well, little bit. Well, they're both outsiders. Yeah. Right. They're both shunned by their people in a way. And, and I guess Garrick got a lot of points with Odo because in the end he did the right thing and he really, you know, he he wanted to go home too. Yeah. But he realized that his actually his home is DS Nine, yeah, and, and he didn't want to betray his people. So he, so Odo respected him for that. Yeah, right. They had breakfast with Odo and lunches with Bashir, and and also he realized that he loved Kira. He 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 saw it when no one else saw it. But before Kira, yeah, did they touch that though? And then a little bit. They, he said something about you. There's got to be somebody you do care. Remember, he was hinting he he. He likes to mess with people. Oh, that's true. It's right. And you know, just kept, right, right, right. And right. he kept saying, "I there is something you you there isn't someone that you care about, right? Out of that's all true. the solids, there's not someone." That, and he was just like saying it to him and saying it to him, and it's like he had that look, like I know you love her. I know you. I know you do. Yeah. No, no one I, else does, but I know. Yeah, that is, it was a great episode. It really was yeah. all around. And and the one thing we we didn't talk about really is defiant. Kicks some serious gem. Oh, I mean, it's, it's the first time really because even in the search, mm-hmm. they got it really outgunned pretty quickly. Oh, okay, yeah. in, in the yeah. Gamma Quadrant, right? Yeah. In this one, because I guess the Gem Hadar were tied up with the other vessels they were fighting. He they he destroyed like twenty vessels or something. Sure did. Fire! Boom! 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 Those laser cannons were going on. I mean, they were shredding the hell out of the Gem Hadar to get to Odo and yeah, uh, and yeah. Garrick. You know, yeah, they were, they got their they got their men. He, you know, Cisco don't leave his men out there like that. He, he, he protects his people. We saw the Defiant though really coming to its own. We said, "Oh, this yeah. ship is not playing. These thing, yeah. this thing is no joke." I and mean, he broke the rules that they let him get away with it. Too. The admiral, the admiral told him, "Don't go." And Eddington mm-hmm. sabotaged the, the 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 ship, the cloaking device. That jerk, you, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damn jerk! Well, we'll get we'll get to him in a minute. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, number two for me was the episode duet, which we talked about already, mm-hmm. and it just again, it just, sure. uh, so many yeah, levels, episode. awesome, so awesome, so awesome, and it, it definitely made number two for me. And um, all right, time for trivia, Daryl. All right, oh, man. Let's see here, okay, all right. 
I don't want to be too much of a dick, but hey, I'm I'm still winning, so I right. okay. I can All even right. miss this and still be doing well. All right, um, Kira and Gold Ducat saved Ducat's daughter mm-hmm. from which species? So which species was holding they had the daughter foreheads. captive? They had well, those weird foreheads. The, it was like a, like a labor camp or something. Yeah, right? it was like yeah. it was these weird foreheads. Damn it! I just watched that today. <laughs> I just watched it this morning. I, I, I remember this one. Damn it! I, there's no way I'm going to remember this. One. All right, daughter's name is Torazio. Yeah, Obviously, we know that. All right, so Richard, do you want to throw your two I cents have in? No idea. Okay, this is a species the that... Hadar, I don't know. No, no, this is a species that becomes very big towards the seventh season, mm. and that's the Breen. Yes. Because they're in their refrigeration suits, and they can't work in the desert, so they got these other workers in the worker camp. Actually, no, I'm saying the wrong people. I should have got the Breen. Right? Well, you said that it was the helmet. Remember, Kira put yeah, the helmet on, yeah. and, and she was... had the helmets on. Yeah. All right. We'll give you a chance to redeem yourself here. Uh, let's see here. What was the rank or her name... Of Kira in the alternate mirror universe, what was her rank on the station? Uh, the intendant. The, uh... Correct, in ah, the intendant. Very good, yes! sir. Yes. Very good, sir. Killing it. Watched that yesterday. That's good stuff. Oh. All right, on to number one, <clears throat> Richard. What is your number one? Not for the tears. Uh, if it's the tears, it's the same as mine. But all right, go ahead. <laughs> well, say it with me. The Visitor. Yes. The Visitor's for me, too. We you, too? We all did. The- oh, oh, man, the tears. Man. Come on. I mean. The feel. The I'm getting choked up just thinking about it right now. All right. Well, p- get, get your box of Kleenex. Oh. Let me play the clip uh, for you right now. Uh, Jake, it's over. It's not going to work. It has to. Let go, Jake. If not for yourself. Then for me, you still have time to make a better life for yourself. Promise me you'll do that. Promise me. (laughs) For you and for the boy that I was. He needs you more than you know. Don't you see? We're going to get a second. See that music too. They they play with you on this Jake. one, man. My sweet boy. Okay. How'd you know that was coming? I guess we were just lucky this time. You okay, Dad? I am now, Jake. I am now. That's it. Tears are coming. <laughs> And he ends with him remembering that he his son sacrificed himself for him. Right. Oh man. 
How do he you did, deal with but that? I mean, is so right. They're getting a do-over, and yeah. just the whole. I mean, oh god, I know, I know. And they were really good. Like I, I remember um, they were saying that they really had a good relationship throughout the show. Very much. He he treated Ciroc like a son. Uh, yeah, Brooks, they yeah. Took him under his wing in a lot of ways. And it was there. Like you yeah. saw it on screen. Like there was not a there was not one scene between those two. Even though it was Tony Todd playing him for the most part, but I mean, even yeah. with that, like right. it was just not. I'm talking about in, in the show overall. Oh, like, okay, yeah, yeah. Not even there was never a scene between. Uh, the, those two actors where you didn't feel like they right. really cared about each other like there was just such a, a love in his eyes right for on the screen yeah son. you could feel on it. The, and to see a father to see and for me to see a black man love his child to see that on tv hmm. you know like we saw it in real life we see it but to actually be able to see that on tv and for other people to see that on tv hmm. where it's just not you know like you didn't see though that meant that that those images like that you didn't see those roles that much on tv at that time interesting i never thought of it that way you know it's funny you say that I, and he and it mattered to him like he 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 really on the show he was like you know like he really emphasized that like i remember seeing interviews with him talking about it mm-hmm. where it was important for him to show that he was a good father to his son like in that relationship yep. and, and how they they grow like he's the one that got him his wife he's the one that set him up with cassidy that's Yates. true he's the yeah one that, you're right you're right you know like he's the yeah. one that was like i don't want to be part of starfleet i want to i want to do something else and he you know like they they went through father and son things you know like and it was so human the way that they were written it's it's all almost a missing it's a dying art like there are shows genre shows where I don't think they write relationships well nowadays. Right. Yeah. Like that suffers. It's all, it's all like, dysfunctional. Like dysfunctional relationships sell. And right? when they that, get that's a trend they, now. Right. When they get or when they get together, they make they write the the female character is so weak after a while. Like she's so emotional. She's so or, or the husband is so stupid. Or the husband is just so, so doofusy, right? Or, yeah, right? or distant or right. like it's it's they're not it's the good as they were in the beginning. And I and I think I look back at this at this show and I go how they, those writers need to look at the, this show and and see how it is where you can write relationships between characters and 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 it's come off strong you know like you can you yeah. can definitely do that with uh with that and oh this, i think this the show. reason why it gets us so emotional i mean still to this day yeah. um is because it we all have a father right and or we are fathers yeah. and it really makes you look at that relationship in such a interesting way like what if my father disappeared at this point in my life how things would have turned out different and then getting glimpses of him beyond the grave and coming yeah. back and or not even having a good relationship with your father like me and, and okay seeing, well there you go and right. seeing that relationship and then it's taken away it's taken away and then and it, it steered his life in a direction yeah. that was really away from from happiness and away mm-hmm. from you know he had the wife and he had the house there for a while but then he kind of got absorbed with finding the father again and it just he it did was, what his father did with the when when the uh when he went through the whole thing in the emissary where he stayed in that one place mm, yeah you live here him. right he was living in the moment and when his father disappeared yeah, right not never, living when jennifer died it was right, living at that right. point yeah and he kept telling him like that way the way he was begging him live for me like i if you won't do it for yourself live for me 
I know. Um, and Avery just, wow, man, he just, oh him and God. Tony Todd going back at it. It's and like, then they whoa. brought the father in there. Like, even, even. Oh, yeah, yeah, they had yeah. Brock Peters in there, too. You're and right. that's another guy who is an actor that I've watched, even when they Admiral were doing white yeah, movies. Yeah. He could act his ass off. Oh, Brock and, Peters, yeah, of course. Yes, and so seeing yeah. him, like, one of my honorable mentions is a, a strong episode with him that goes a lot with now in terms of security, terrorism. Like that episode, you know, like the it's a two parter that I I'll oh, where there. Cisco goes back to Earth and becomes mm-hmm. the head of Starfleet security. Mm-hmm. That's a good one, actually. He has yeah. an argument with him mm-hmm. and th- those two actors together. Like yeah. just the frustra- frustration of that. And I'm like, God damn it, these this is some good. They acting bring it. On no, this a- show. A- Avery Avery brings it when he's when you get when you get the pedigree actors. He oh. brings it. He brings it. He yeah. brings it. Man. He's not he- fooling around with, with with Nicole DeBoer, Esri Dax. No, 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 no. <laughs> he just he phones it in. <laughs> Brock Peters shows up. All right, I, I'm bringing it. You know, Tony Todd comes. All right, I'm I'm bringing it. You it's know, hard. Like <laughs> like you're bringing in hard. Like we're gonna do this. Like this is not a game. We're gonna we're gonna play this. <laughs> he's not phoning it in. That's for sure. No, there's no phoning in. Nothing. Oh man, that's good. Oh, Good stuff. Yeah. So before I get, I have a couple of just uh, honorable mentions and some clips to play, but we'll do one final trivia before we get to that. This will be for the, I guess, for the win, and I'll give it to Richard because he needs to get him get back in the game here. Come on, you can do this. All right. Uh, so for all the bananas here, okay, let's see here. All right. What is the inner ring of the station referred to as? So there's two rings, right? The outer one and the inner right. one. What's the inner one called? Uh, the donut. I have no <laughs> really. No, I don't think I know. Come on, you really? and name, dude. I don't remember names very well. I'm well, not. Well, it's it's, it's a name. geographic physical name. All right, all right. It's the habitat ring. Right. You know what? I, that's just come on, guys. I should really smack myself for not knowing that because I do. All right, you this hear one... it, but you just don't. You don't retain it. All right, Richard, this will be an easier one. What holodeck program do Julian and Miles repeatedly play Come that on. later led to them building a scale model? No idea. Daryl? I told you. I'm Wasn't not good one, with the not No the problem. Vikings, it's okay. But the Irish. What? What's that? The bat, wasn't it? Like well, the they Irish did. They did play the wars. that. Yeah, they did a lot of different ones. But this one, where they actually built a model towards the end of the series, it was an army one, right? Yep. It was, um, damn it! They always talk I about remember something about a model, but I, I don't really remember. All right, guys, it's the Alamo. It's where Pee Wee Herman yes. went. Oh, Pee Wee Herman yes. looking for the basement in the Alamo. Because That's they even mentioned, like, I don't want to die that way, though. When it got close to the end, they had mentioned about the Alamo. Because it was like, kind of an allegory, because they were surrounded yeah. by the Dominion, and you know yep. what I mean? They were outnumbered. But, so I think they were kind of, you know, playing that theme, that Alamo theme. Yeah. Oh, you guys, we have to end on a win here. Um. Okay. Uh, what group was Miles O'Brien sent to infiltrate for Starfleet intelligence? Hmm. Damn. Uh, I know it wasn't a marquee. Uh, the Red Circle? No, no. the Orion Syndicate. Oh, all right. right, all right. I'll give you. The, I'll give you the real softball one to end. Where was Captain Cisco's wife killed? Oh, and there uh, on the um, 
on the ship. Uh, in there, and okay. there. Um, in what battle, I guess? Well, where, where, where was she? Well, Wolf three five nine. Wolf three five nine. Okay, for the clothes, so you got it. Guys, I'm killing you with this. I know. Yeah, I'm I killing got a lot of points though. Did I get extra? points? I think Daryl, you you got the points. You got the points. So Richard, no, no. Listen, it's all for fun. It's all for fun. All right. But you uh, better you better kill it on uh, when we get the so, Enterprise. So Enterprise, I got to turn. I got. I mean, what hard? You want hard for Enterprise? Let's do it. I don't know Enterprise. I might get very well. Okay. But. That, and that's because I'm in the middle of a rewatch. Gotcha. All right. Thing, so. Totally that's understand. Right. So you be listen. I want you to be confident about it. You're gonna do this. We're gonna <laughs> You're gonna do this. I'm looking at you with Cisco eyes right now. <laughs> We're gonna do it now. You won't get now. So let's talk about it now. So so there's an episode to the death, right? Yeah. And you wanted me to get this clip. Let me let me play. So this is where Cisco clears out the um, <laughs> the mess hall after a fight ensued. And you like the way Cisco says oh, this. Love it. So let's get some angry Cisco go here. Let's break this up. Get back to your stations or to your quarters. Either way, I want this room cleared. Now! <laughs> <laughs> that's the one. Now! Because he made the Gemma Dar jump and they're not supposed the, to. The actor, right? The, the, the extra, right? Yeah, the, the, the extras. <laughs> he made them jump and they're not supposed to jump. He said, no! That's it. I have one more clip, too. Um, this is from an episode that was on my honorable mention. I thought maybe it would have been on one of your lists because we didn't really share our list before. Mm. And it was for the uniform. It was. And this is where he captures Eddington. I had to break it down, and I, and I left it out. But it was I understand. I, I, I thought maybe it would have went up there. You know what I mean? But yeah. it, it didn't. But I still want to play this clip because Go. you do hear some crazed, angry, nut, nut oh, Cisco nuts. at, at the end. At the, the, the. Shut that thing off. <laughs> he worked under me for a year and a half. I saw him almost every day. Read his report. Had him to dinner. I even took him to a baseball game in the hollow suite once. And I never saw it. It's my job to be a good judge of character. And what did I do? Not only did I not see it, I put him up for a promotion. Ah! He played his hand well. He played me all right. And what is my excuse? Is he a changeling? No. Is he a being with seven lifetimes of experience? No. Is he a wormhole alien? No. He's just a man like me. And he beat me. <laughs> Do you realize what you've done? I've only just begun. I'm going to eliminate every Maquis colony in the DMZ. You're talking about turning hundreds of thousands of people into homeless refugees. That's right. When you attacked the militia, you proved one thing. That the Marquis have become an intolerable threat to the security of the Federation, and I am going to eliminate that threat. But think about those people you saw in the caves. Huddled and starving, they didn't attack the Malinche. You should have thought about that before you attacked a Federation starship. Oh. Helm, lay in a course for track and two, warp six. Commander, prepare two more torpedoes. Engineer, break. Set course, zero, five, zero, three and four. Can't you see what's happening to you? You're going against everything you claim to believe in. And for what? To satisfy a personal vendetta? You betrayed your uniform! And you're betraying yours, right now! The sad part is you don't even realize it. I feel sorry for you, Captain. This obsession with me... Here it comes. Look what it's cost you. Here it comes. Major, shut that thing off! Commander Worf, prepare to launch torpedoes! Love it. Shut that thing off. That's it. And what's funny is because he played, <laughs> he he played on him because Edmonton was such in his little fantasy of being Robin Hood. 
He, he was uh, from the Les Miserables, right? Yeah, was, uh, yeah. Right, right, and he character. just played on it like, all right, you're going to say. And they had, they had kind of got with that when they had the Defiant episode where um, Tom Riker yes. had took took the ship and he, and at towards the he, end of that the episode. The self sacrifice of, of the hero, right? And that they're was saying the, yeah. that you're still a hero. Like, you're still thinking like a hero. You're not really a terrorist. If you're going to do this life, you, you got to be a terrorist to do this. This is what we had to be. Like Bajorans, we had to become terrorists in order to beat the, the Cardassians. It was the only way. It was the only way we could do it. And uh, they go back to that. Like, I like those reoccurring themes in this where uh, that, that's how they got them. That's how they get them. No, it's, it's great. I, I just love Angry Cisco, so that's why oh, I, I grabbed that clip, too. I mean, that's, Angry that, Cisco. And, and then we saw that hollow communicator thing in this episode. And Yeah, they used that quite a bit. They used it a couple of times. They yeah. didn't use it. They were, I think they were trying to maybe will that in because I know that Ronald D. Moore hates the view screen. Yeah. And I think that this was his way to try to stop Starfleet from using the view screen. He was getting bored with it. He's right. I, I don't know why he's got this thing with the view screen. It just works. It's this big screen. Know, it's in front of the bridge, and it, it works. You don't need to have a hologram of you standing in my living room when I'm right. talking to you. Like, you don't need it. They, they used it, like, for two episodes, and then, then they got rid of it. Obviously, Cisco said, shut well, that thing expensive. off, so that was the end of it. <laughs> they said to do that. They said it was, it was expensive. It wasn't worth the expense. I mean, I guess how much more expensive could it be than doing a view screen shot? I mean, I guess I don't know. You don't have to build it was a set. cheaper doing the view screen because you can. It's easy. You just put you on TV. Like, well, no, no, but even... see, but see, this one they don't have to yeah. build a set around you. Oh, like, right, right, you know what right. I'm saying so. If you're in an alien ship and the captain's there, you just have to put the captain in that circle. It's like it. It seemed know. almost too cheap. About it. Yeah. yeah, they said something about it. it was expensive and it didn't look. It didn't. They didn't like how it came yeah, it looked, out. I didn't like it. I'm glad it I went away. It looked cheap. It was cheesy, yeah, it right? Look cheap. Yeah, it did. It totally looked cheap. They didn't need that. They used it like two or three times, and that was the end of it. And then it went away. But um, yeah, I mean, we see again Cisco hitting a punching bag and screaming. I mean, you don't see Picard doing that. You don't see any no. of the captains doing that. I mean, this is this is one he angry gets, dude. He gets angry. Picard is always measured, and Picard and fences control. when he gets upset, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he talks to, and he always talks to um, Troy. To Troy, right. and in this, like. No, Cisco talks to to Dax. To, to Dax the old is, man. Yep. Dax talks. He, he needs the old man. He needs the old man to, to kind of hear him. Uh, and they had a good friendship too. They, did. Like, they had a good. Great. They had a, a good relationship. Also, um, the way they was portrayed. Yeah, it changed uh, a bit when we went to Esri. I think when the, the actress changed. Oh, nobody happened. liked Esri. Yeah, I, she, I'm sorry for the actress because I know she probably got a lot of hate. She did. Yeah, Nicole. And it's not her fault. No. She's just playing a part. She had to go. Listen, Dax had to go play Becker. So you know things happen. It was, but it was childish how they did it. Like to just kill her off. Like she didn't even say she wasn't going to be on it, and there was only one more season left. So they couldn't like transfer her or something. But he couldn't because she was married to Worf. What are you going to do? I mean, at that point, yeah, right? they I mean, could. Yeah. Well, they could have had it that she come. Like she would have came back and did some episodes here and there, but they wouldn't have it. Like they just. We're like, oh, I see. What you, so it was just an ego thing. All right, you know what? Yeah, you, you're gonna leave for kinda, Becker. Bye. See you later. We're killing you. Yeah, yeah it was kind of like that because she was, you know, she was trying to to work out what am I gonna do after the series is over. You knew the series was gonna end in seven seasons. Right. They called her for that show. They could have had her just. It, it, it's I one think year it overlap. The show was ending. Right. Yeah. 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 So it, you know, they they didn't have to do that, but that was like a little petty. Thing that they did. Well, it's very much a Star Trek thing, too, going back to Roddenberry. If mm-hmm. he doesn't want, if an actor leaves, they're done. They're and, done, uh, yeah. I mean, look at Denise Crosby, boom, <laughs> killed by an oil slick. Yeah. You know, I mean, and they fired Gates McFadden, fire too. They, huh? She was fired. Uh, Dr. Crusher. 
Yeah. Well, it wasn't even her fault. It was like they took her. They, that was the early, the growing pain stage, and they were like, "I don't like her on the show." In the first season, they just, I don't know oh. who suffered more though, her being out of work or us having to put up with Pulaski. Because I hate it. <laughs> well, that's how she got her job back. That's the only I, way she got her job back. Because people and when she that. fell down that elevator shaft, I was just yes. What elevator shaft? Well. When, when did what she fall? What are you talking about? Oh, well, that's in the... What was that show she was Oh, she's in? on a different show, like Murder, She Wrote or something, and she fell down to murder? Oh, I'm like, I'm trying to think of Star Trek. I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't remember falling out of shit. No, she she turned Trek. old and almost died, and that was about yeah, it, right? What, yeah. what are you talking about? I hated that actress. I, I mean, you know... I, I hate her, because it wasn't her fault. It was, she was playing the part that they put her on. I know. You just She was a little old, I think, for, this, yeah. for the crew. And it, that, it had nothing to do with age. It just had to do with she was just... I know, she rubbed you the wrong way. I hated that character. I hated that actress. Just uh. well, hold on, hold on. This is an interesting Star Trek question. Then, did you mind her on the original series playing the two roles that she played on there? She played Doctor. What was it, Miranda I, Jones or something like that? The, not, with the with the, with the Medusin. Not all that memorable. Okay. Yeah. Well, she was younger, obviously. I mean, she was in a different point of yeah, in her life. Right? No, okay. back then too. I don't know. Yeah. I just could not stand Pulaski. Okay. Just, not all right. I th- I like that that. Sorry, I like Mal- it when Maldauer. they shake we'll, it up. We'll apologize. Yeah, I like. <laughs> see, I like when they shake it, shake it up a little bit, and she kind of challenged the the the, uh, the group. Like she, I I definitely liked her with uh, with um, Worf. Right. They had they, they experimented with that, but they didn't really go anywhere with it. Like yeah, they tried to make her this kind of love interest with Worf or something. I don't know. That was really. I don't even know. It just needed a war. Uh, like they might hit it every now and then, like that. Like you know, like, like an FWB. Is that not what a it was? big deal. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no big deal. But she kind of <laughs> got him to open up a little bit with with uh, with right. humans a little. And I think if they had stayed on, they they continued it with Guinan. But I think that if she That's had stayed point. on, that probably would have been the role she would have had. She would have. Yeah kind of got him to kind of open up a little bit uh, more than he was. But I got to tell you about Deep Space Nine, I had my concerns uh, with some of the episodes in the first season. I'm like, this show is really weird. And <laughs> one of them was the one where they were singing that rhyme, and it was, it was uh, oh, Move Along funny. Home. That was so funny. I forgot about that, that episode. So I, I have a little clip if you want to hear the, yes. the nursery rhyme. Now, should I, should I say, well, for, for like a million points, can you guys say the rhyme before I, before I play it or no? I, I won't remember that. No. Okay. No. Okay. All right, here it goes. Alamorain, count to four. Alamorain, then three more. Alamorain, then three more. Alamorain, if you can see. Alamorain, you'll come with me. Alamorain, you'll come with me. Alamorain. Third chap. I had my doubts, man. There's a look on Kira's face when she had to do that song. She's like, oh, oh, like, why did I take this job? She goes, I'm a, I'm a soldier, not a, not a, not a, yeah. <laughs> she just had a look like, I don't play these games. Yeah, Tara, uh, Terry, uh, Pharrell, I think her name is. Well, although Nana Visitor is, uh, is Kira. Terry Pharrell is Dax. Yeah, yeah, with Dax, she, but I like her too. Like she had, mm-hmm. uh, she had fun with it. I think, I think she was joking because I could see her smiling. A oh yeah, bit in the back yeah. in, in, in a couple of scenes, probably until <laughs> until Avery Brooks yelled at her. You know, well, yeah, smile. well, that's the thing I heard too on the set. I heard that when Avery was there, no jokes. Like you cannot fool, you no. cannot fool around. Mm. There is no horseplay. There is mm. no joking. They didn't break him you, like they broke. Uh, they Patrick broke Stewart. Patrick Stewart, <laughs> right? 
because so, McIntyre was like that, but they broke him. He was like, all right, whatever. Avery like, Brooks is kind of just a. Uh, he's 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 a unique individual. He's a little different. Yeah, he's Did definitely a different. Did you see um, um, William Shatner? Yeah, yeah. The, of I, the, the captains. captains, right? Of course. He was that, not. He doesn't even answer Shatner. He just plays oh, the piano at him for like that, an hour, right? I, I, I was like, I don't know what drugs he is on. <laughs> he's on some he's got that college weed. But That's I, true. He's at Princeton, uh, right? He's over here in Jersey. He, yeah. he, needs, he needs to share that That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he, he, he was in the room with Shatner. But he was not in the room with Shatner. Like Shatner would ask him a question, a direct question, yeah. something very relevant, He's and like, he just played the piano for three and a half minutes and go, "You get it, man." He <laughs> like, got that. I, I I can see him be one of those educators where he's like. You know, like it's a normal, like he got a quiet life. Like he, you know, him and his wife, they. He's a you know, brilliant man. You can, no, he you is. Know, he's a very brilliant you man. Know they man. have their little parties where they talk he about on a education whole other level and stuff. Just, oh. But he won't do the cons. No, he not will not do that. interviews. They're doing a Deep Space Nine documentary a la the Will Shatner one. Yeah. They're doing it just for DS9. I just heard, I read about it. You oh, probably saw it too, that article, that. okay? Yes. Where Iris Stephen Bear is actually the host, not Shatner. Mm-hmm. All right, and it's a it's a full blown documentary on DS Nine, and he refused to to, yeah, to be a part of that one. Yeah, he's man. He's totally he, out he, of it. Yeah, they he does not come out often. No, and like I said, I heard stories when he was on the set. It was not you did not play. Okay, you did your lines, you did your scene, and you went away. If he wasn't there, I guess they had a little bit of fun. They tried to sneak it in, but yeah. like when Frakes went to play Riker. In that episode, what was it, The Defiant? Yeah, the Defiant he noticed it. He goes, "Wow, you guys are so stiff around here." You yeah. know, we shit on the other show. We, you know, we're <laughs> we, we it's act about up. laughs. We, you know, we act yeah, up a little bit, yeah. <laughs> no, he he pretty much is like quiet in his college. You know, like he's he's over there in his school, and that's it. Like, right? He he lives his quiet life. Yeah, it was no the same thing. I, I had a cousin of mine who actually worked on the show. Mm-hmm. He he worked in a company called Modern Sound. Oh, I know that. Company. Yeah, and they did all the what they call the ADR or the looping. Right. So whenever the actors mess up a line, mm-hmm. they'd come into the studio, which is away from the Paramount studio. It's a different place in Hollywood to do the looping where they'd have the image on the screen. You have to reread your lines and the director's there and the producer's there. So that's what his job was. He actually did that. So for all the next generation and for DS9, uh, the Voyager, they switched over to a different company. But he told me, again, the same thing. When Avery was in the room, you just—he was—he was different, and you just got to work with him. And he had his whole entourage, like you got these bodyguards, or whatever the hell he had around him. You know what I mean? It was just—it was a weird thing with him. You just had to—you had to get through it. Yeah, wow. but yeah, he, so. that was him. He was good, but he, yeah, he had his way. You could tell he had his way about him. Clear the room now. Exactly. <laughs> 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 and I swear, they when I saw those jump extra jump. You know, I wonder because, you know, in the internet age now, an actor has a meltdown on set. It's you know, mm, it's recorded. It's oh, yeah. everywhere. It's on TMZ in five minutes. You know, good point. I wonder how many because back then you didn't have you know instant video to the internet. No. Cell phone cameras, nothing. It's... I'm. I, I wonder how many times you know he lost it on you know because he was he was he. Well, he was, he's a very, very disciplined and serious actor. I don't think he lost it much because even no. then you hear it. Like even even back at that time when TV shows or whatever it is, radio or whatever, when when they snap, 
they somebody catches it. Like somebody right. brings it up, someone talks about it. I think what it was is he would get annoyed and maybe right. to the point of snapping if you didn't come prepare with your lines. Yeah. Like that's what the actors would say. Like they, yeah. he, he came to the set, it was he knew his stuff. Be you better know yours. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't want to be here a minute longer than I have to be. Mm-hmm. All right. So he 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 felt it was like a professionalism. You better know your lines. You better know them cold. Let's get right. this done. Let's get the hell out of here. Whereas in TNG, they goofed around. Oh, I'll mm-hmm. Say it this way. Let's do it that way. You know. Yeah. He didn't want to hang out. No. He didn't want to hang out all day. He right. He didn't want to hang out. Exactly. Yeah. So he's like a professor, which he is. I mean, he he gives off that vibe <laughs> of like a professor. You know, it's kind of no nonsense. Let's do the work. And I guess the way they ended his character is pretty interesting. I mean, he's kind of a god now. He's living amongst these non-corporeal Well, they were going to and... kill him before, and they were like, you can't kill him. You oh, so he was going to die captain. in that episode? Is that yeah, what's going to happen? Were, I didn't know that. Originally, they were going to kill him. Like, he was going to sacrifice himself at that end. I'm sure Avery would have preferred him. that, but I mean... Uh... No, he didn't. Actually, Avery was like... He said it was unfair to to other people. Especially, It was unfair to, to kill off the only person of color, Captain... Oh, like, I even see what you're saying. Okay, so movie, it was that like, reason. Okay, right. Okay. It was like it's kind of unfair that you wouldn't do that. To, you didn't do that to Kirk. You didn't do that to Picard. You're not going to do. But you're that killing to, me off. I got you. So. Yeah, yeah. You're going to kill him off like that. So that's why they left it as he's a god. He just went off into what do you the. Mean Kirk had a bridge fall on him, but not at that point. Well, yeah, that I did have painful. at that point. You're right because he died in '96, right? So yeah. when when Generations came out, that's a good point. And the series ended what in '99? Yeah, but you had to the books and stuff. You know, right. At least you had. No, that. I mean your point's valid. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah, it's true. And he wasn't even a guy. Like he actually brought it back. I, I, I remember when they they announced that they were finally um, bringing the character back into the novels. Who Cisco? And, yeah, they returned him. Oh, he's, he's not back? a god. Okay. He just he stays there with them for a while, you know, like learning or whatever. And then when the right time comes, like there's some outbreak of a sickness, some some kind of sickness thing. It's a, and I think it also comes the 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 whole deal with the. Uh, the worms and the the uh, trills. Okay. That that storyline comes out of DS Nine, and he comes back like it. It, it kind of just like he's the guy that has the information because he's he he retains a lot of the information from being with the wormhole wormhole aliens, but then he loses it as it you know like the longer he's I got you, the longer he's he's corporeal he loses right his, corporeal he uses he yeah. loses some of that knowledge so he had enough knowledge to put an antidote together because everybody was sick in the federation it was like an outbreak oh wow all over the federation and he winds up coming with the antidote that the herbs or whatever that they needed hmm. on bajor of course of course he, well he is of bajor that's why yeah so yeah. that's the cisco is of bajor they, right so when they determined he was his time was to return that's what he returned for because there was a threat that was coming and he had to be able he had to be there but i liked how they wrapped it up because they really set the thread i don't know if this was intentional or not but when remember when the um the episode where he retakes deep space nine but he they they shut down the the wormhole aliens destroyed the deal right he he made made a deal deal. he He said said, if we help you now what was the what was originally was supposed to be the deal was they were going to come and help him he wouldn't have died at the end Remember, he wouldn't right. have had to go into the. He would have found peace with, with his with his wife, right? And and had the baby and been on Bajor. He, they would have. What would have happened was they would have inhabited his body to fight the possessed Dukat. Dukat. Okay. And because they alerted the other the pa race to 
the, the parties didn't know they were out there yet. And when they when they did so something so blatant use of their powers, which was to take those ships and basically make them they killed those guys. They just took them out. That alerted the power race. And that's when the power race. And then in, the other failure was remember the episode where the power race, uh, there was supposed to be an epic battle on the bridge on the uh, promenade between the power. Yeah, it's called the rapture. And, I think it was or the. Um... Yeah, not Rapture, I'm sorry, The Reckoning, The Reckoning. Reckoning, and yep. he would have died, like, it was almost close to uh, Cisco dying, and he was like, it was worth it, because if I could stop them now, the power is now, they wouldn't have done what they did, like, she died, David, they even kind of connected to, to Jazia. Jazia dies because they didn't stop. Exactly, and then, and then well, Kai Wynn had a part of that, too, and she, she was... Almost at that point, probably working with the pot race, or at least unsubconsciously. Yeah. Well, they could have ended that threat of the pot race if they had let that go through and right. didn't stop it. Like Jake wanted to stop it, like he didn't want to lose his father. But if they had let that go through, they could have killed and destroyed the pot race, and that would have been it. Like they wouldn't have been able to to do what they did. They wouldn't have killed. That. So he was punished either way. He still he still lost something. Because- yeah, he, he lost. He's and, and what he said it was they go the Cisco's journey. Um, the Cisco is of Bajor, but mm-hmm. he will not find any rest there. Right. That was the line they use. And that was again in the sixth season episode when they when they shut down the wormhole or the mm-hmm. fifth season, sixth season. Fifth, Bring it all the way to the end of the series. Yeah. Well, there's he's got to pay the price. He got to pay. The he price. stopped Ducat, whatever. He stopped the power race, but he's not going home. Okay, he's got a, a so wife with a, with a baby like, coming out. Yeah, the aliens inhabited his mother to force her to fall in love with Sarah's his sister, father to father, make right. sure that she gives birth to Cisco because that Cisco has to live. That was the weirdest <laughs> and craziest effing story, and tragic. Like, imagine your wife you of how many years wakes up and looks at you and goes, "Who the hell are you?" Like, I don't right. know and, you, and yeah. she runs off. Like, she's. Yeah doesn't remember any of that life it's all prophecy man it's really it's really weird because it's like well this this the emissary is not of bajor mm-hmm. is bajoran but not of bajor right. doesn't you know what i mean so it's like yeah he's human but he's he was somehow conceived through a bajoran which is the pot which is the wormhole area alien prophet it's weird it's all intertwined i mean it's it's interesting storytelling and this i think the series ended really well Everybody kind of went their own way. Yeah, everybody which is got their story. Yeah, yeah, everybody got their story. O'Brien went back to home to be a professor, mm-hmm. and I guess the only people that remained is really uh, Kira, Bashir, and um, I guess well, Quark, obviously. Yeah, because Esri and... goes off to uh, no, Esri stays too. Esri's there too. I'm I'm in the books too. So as oh, okay, I'm sorry. It, I'm well, I'll, I'll give a little story. bit of the books. It, uh, no, it's not a big deal, but I just give a little bit of info because yeah. I read the books. Esri goes off, and she starts to bond with her Trill. So she goes into command like, you know, the, the person you're supposed to get your trail and then you take time to develop your personality. She never got that. So she, finally, her trail starts to equalize and she goes off for a command uh, career in command and gets her ship. Um, the chief, of course, he's helping them rebuild because a lot of the what happened uh he helps also with the Cardassians, too, because they get destroyed. Like a lot of their world gets gets virtually destroyed. Right. Because right. of the uh, the Dominion turn on them, like turn all those the, the their warships and, and whatnot and turns on them and destroy. Them. And they suffer for what they did, like because of the what the Cardassians. It's almost like the Cardassians kind of get their comeuppance of what they did, did to the Bajorans. 
And the Cardassians are pretty much finished. I mean, they're in a worse shape than the Bajorans were at the end of the yes, occupation. They, it's like the, their punished. planet is pretty much halfway yeah. obliterated. There's famine, there's disease, mm-hmm. so they're, they're going to be in bad shape for a while, needing Federation assistance and Bajoran assistance. And Bajoran assistance to come back up. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they got theirs, but more than they got more than their share as far as of getting payback. Let's put it that way for their, bring, for their sins. And they bring the character from TNG, uh, the Bajoran character that was supposed to be uh, who Ro. Yeah, Ensign Rowe, she becomes security. She's a Maquis, so she comes back in the Starfleet? Well, Maquis is gone by the time this ends. Remember, They the forgive Maquis her and, they, and then she comes back Every to Starfleet? Day, everybody gets forgiven. The, the Ma- gotcha. okay. Because they wipe out. Remember, the Dominion kill off like more than half of the Maquis. Right, and, exactly. And we'll, we'll get into that when we get to Voyager because yep. there's an episode when they finally find that out when they get uh, messages. Yeah, and B- Bolana starts jumping out of an airplane or yeah, something. Yeah, to hurt herself. Right? Crazy. <laughs> well, there was a similar episode with Garrick where he was, there's a pain to, to deal with uh, the Obsidian Order. They, they get this machine, they put it and plant it in their head. If they get tortured, they yeah, the get wire. activated and it, and it, it soothes the pleasure. It, they get uh, the pleasure centers of their brain gets activated, mm-hmm. so they don't feel the pain. So they wouldn't uh, succumb to torture. He is so distraught for being stuck on the on the uh, space station because people hate him. Like you know, like he's the you know the Bajorans hate this dude. This is Cardassian. He's part of the occupation. Like you, you know, they can't stand him. He keeps using it because yeah, he, he can't turns stand it on it. right. Yeah, no, he can't stand it. He, and he and that bond with Julian where he has to get off of it because it's like a drug now. His body is so used to it that he goes through withdrawal. Like That's a great episode. Withdrawal. That's a great episode. And, and, and you have to at go At the end of that, that one, too, you see Bashir with Nabra and Tain and just them yes. laughing. Yeah, like, that was really cool. Oh, you know, you know, and yes. Bashir didn't even care who this guy was. He's, he's just a doctor. Like He yeah. just wanted the cure. Yeah. He doesn't care that this guy was the head of the Cardassian that, you know, yeah. intelligence. He that, didn't care. He's like, look, no. just I, I'm here to help my friend Garrick. It's all I'm here to Quite do. Quite a bit it, of you know. episodes where he annoyed people because he was like that. Like he right. just didn't care. He was like he wanted to help. Like when they were trying to, when they had one of the uh, the Jemadar uh, born, and he his body creates his own. Oh yeah, you're right. Uh, Catcher so white, and he yeah. wanted the dental to, the dental agent, right? Yeah, the dental cell. agent, and he wanted to get his other fellow brothers off of it as well because that's. Like that whole thing with the Dominion, like that's a whole thing you could talk about in itself. Where yeah. the setup of the Dominion was to clone these these, these people, these uh, living things, and put their make it so that their body is addicted to this drug to the point of death if they don't get it, and then they have to, you know, because they don't trust you, they don't trust it's total solid. control. Yeah, so total they control. have to be in control, yep. and and that's the army that they use, like these. These things that these beings that if they don't get this catch cell white, it's it for them. Like, yep, they, they and they flip out before they die. Too, and they flip not, not out. <laughs> it's, it's incredible, man. It's, so, Odo uh, goes back to the link. Yeah, the and, great and, link, and pretty much is like the he he pretty much teaches them about solids. Like he's had the most experience living with solids uh, for as long as he right, has. Right, so you, you hope something rubs off right. and, and tempers them a little bit, the founders, because they're, they're, they're a little genocidal, if you ask me. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, hopefully some of Odo's uh, sense of justice and, and appreciation for the solids would rub off on them. You'd hope, but who knows? Yep. Well, it's not even their fault, because they, when they were out there in the world, the humans they were persecuted, tried to right? kill them. Yeah, yeah they were right. killing them and attacking them because they were different. So yeah. they learned well, that from us. Treatment. So many cool themes, and we saw also in the show the first time where Star Trek went serial. Yeah, where it really—I mean, for almost uh, a, like I yeah. said, a big chunk of the sixth mm-hmm. season, mm-hmm. and pretty much the last two thirds of the seventh season, 
it is a continuing episode oh, where Major Barrett gets on and says, "Last time on Star Trek: yes. Deep Space Nine, like you know, it's like, and then we saw that in Enterprise as well. Yep. Voyager didn't do it really ever. They only did two parters once in a while. They yeah, didn't a do serial. Of those, yeah. yeah, but DS Nine because Ira Bear pushed for this. He says, mm-hmm. "Look, guys." We've done TNG for seven years. They were all independent episodes. We did all these shows. Come on, let, let's let's push the envelope here. Let's add the fight go to, with Rick Berman. Man. Right, let's go to war. Let's just and it is tough though. I got to be honest though. In Rick Berman's defense, if you're not caught up and you catch you know with the show, yeah. Even if you watch the last on, you are so far behind. Like oh yeah, Kira's in a Starfleet uniform. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? Like what what? She's huh? helping the Kardashians. <laughs> what do you mean she's working with uh, with Dumak? talking about they're, yeah Demar, right yeah exactly yeah. like what are you talking about they're not they're it's not. like what what yeah. she's a commander now and she wasn't like, now she's a colonel it's like what, what's going on so you really Old it's Bacana hard to tune in midstream Joran now what is you're right, you're right. Joran now. <laughs> oh exactly right 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 yeah yeah he's like, sleeping what? with kai win what are you what? talking about like this is crazy you're nuts this is nuts Absolutely not. Yeah, so I, I see what Rick Berman was saying. You know, it's easier to take it in one-hour chunks, but from a stylistic standpoint, and look, maybe maybe Ira Bear was thinking futuristic because look, we got binge watching now, we got Netflix now. Oh yeah, you can watch them in order without a problem, without having to go through VHS tapes it's in order. I, you know? I I still think uh, Best of Two Worlds because of how well that that episode did with TNG that set the tone of of what. You know, genre shows wanted to do when having it being like one big story. Well, they loved two parters because it gave them a bigger canvas to paint on. They always loved. First, them. they thought you know, it the would fail, did. though. They didn't think that would work. They thought that right. audiences would not come back. They thought it would fail. And when it did so well in the ratings, right. that kind of open. You know, like they, t- they pulled the reins back a little bit, and they did two parters for that. And then other shows that were genre shows, some of those writers would go to other shows and do the same thing and do two parters exactly. and multiple multi-part shows and, and whatnot. Lost, when we get really to Enterprise, did. I mean, it was the yeah. same thing. It went there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. In the, two, in the 2000s, everything was serialized. Like you said, Lost. Yeah, everything. Lost really did it. Like, that was the, no, like, yeah, one of the most popular the shows right. that were doing the, the multi-part uh, storylines, and, and that yep. really got it. You know, that opened the door for a lot. Well, prior to that, I mean, all your serial television was was soap operas your daytime television true yeah you yeah, didn't really true. have any serial stuff you know and i mean in prime time you just did not do soap operas i mean there you know you had a few that broke the mold like dallas and dallas right yeah not right. landing and Dynasty whatnot or but, something yeah right but i mean for the most part prime time was you know that was your sitcom time and your 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 one and done episodic yeah Yeah. or you got your like Columbo where it's one hour and you solve the crime and that's it right or or, or Matlock yeah okay Murder She Wrote (laughs) (laughs) Perry Mason right oh yeah (laughs) you you solve the crime in one hour that was it right always that was primetime television and it would this was a bold thing and it's like you like you said was he a visionary I don't know about visionary but um you know this is all prime for uh, well, I think they knew where the direction was going, and, and, and these spinoffs yeah. Yeah. started a whole other thing of other shows doing spinoffs too. I think Star Trek helped that to like seeing that they could well, do and you, spinoffs. You didn't have DVRs then, but you no, know, this this was the time when when VHS was cheap, you know, and and people were 
setting their recorders. They were taping, yep. Oh, yeah. There was, VCR Plus, TiVos. Mm-hmm. This was the yeah. very, very, very beginning of the end of appointment television right here, you know? So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When you yeah, have box sets. And, box sets, and, yeah. And then, right. then when DVDs were coming out, that's it. Like, that That set the, the, the binge-watching Real quick, uh, do you, any of you have the DS9 DVDs? Because they fell apart on me. Those stupid... I they were the worst packaging. I never had. You know them. what I did? I got out of yeah. it early enough. Like I sold them all. Like they, I bought the first bunch. Yeah, I, I would find them season by season, and then I sold a whole bunch on. I made a boatload of money selling them on eBay. You sold them, okay. And then you know, like they had it on Netflix and stuff, so I didn't. Okay, didn't I ha- I still have them. And I haven't played them in a while, but I remember that the packaging just cracked and fell it apart. Wasn't it, was, it wasn't the worst good. packaging. It looked yeah. weak. It, it was, was weak. I, I could tell it would, and that's why I would barely, I would barely use it, and yeah. I'm glad I got rid of it quick before uh you know once i had it it was like all right let me get let me and they had those bonus discs too like yeah. with quarks whatever bar on there they had different different like featured profiles for each season and they had yeah. different things they were trying but uh, i love how it digitally though it's just easier for me to deal with it right exactly watch right it. Yeah, you just don't get the bonus content. That's all. You yeah, get. yeah, yeah. And I look right. it up. Like, it's, yeah, it's, and now you can get all your bonus content on YouTube. YouTube. Though. That's right. That's true. That's exactly. a good point. Good stuff. All right, guys. I had a great time talking DS9. This was so much oh, fun. I was looking goodness. forward to this, and I'm really glad we did this. This is great. Next is going to be Voyager. So uh, bu- buckle your seatbelts. We're heading to the Delta Quadrant <laughs> with Captain <laughs> Catherine Janeway and and crew at yeah. all. Um, that'll be our next installment of our of our retrospective I- series. I don't know if I'll be on that one. Well, we'll see. You, you come gotta, on, get, you gotta come strong. Come on, fire up the Delta Flyer. Dude, okay. I don't even think I've seen all of the Voyager episodes. That's oh, yeah, right. I just I never I never really got into Voyager. If this Trek, I always I always give it a chance. Resistance I, I, I'll is I'll find something in good. I'll find something in any Trek show. Like I will. I hope I hope I don't have too much bad in this new one that I got to deal with. Just don't mess with Tuvok. That's all. Let's he just, he, he just gets do it his right. phaser out. That's it. Yeah. It's all over. All right? Yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> um, anyway, so where can our listeners find us when we're not talking Trek? Uh, so, Daryl, you're doing – I'm sorry. You're doing the uh, Daryl Taylor Network of Podcasts. Is that correct? Yeah, you look up Taylor Network of Podcasts. I'm on that. And uh, I also do a retro movie geek uh, podcast. I'm a guest on that. Um and uh, we started a new show, a Trek-oriented show. We'll, we'll probably we'll be starting episodes, new episodes, probably in a week or two. Um, called it's called Go Trek Yourself, and uh, we'll be covering <laughs> like all types of Trek, and then we'll be covering the new show when it starts in January. So we, we got a lot of stuff to talk about because he was uh, my co-host is J.K. Woodward, who works for uh, Paramount Studios. Uh, doing promotional stuff for them, drawing and and whatnot, and he does uh, comics, uh, Star Trek comics as well. Uh, he did a, a bunch of miniseries IDW. for IDW, so he he has the background of being able to you know talk to, and he's met with a lot of the actors in, in this show. Like he, when he said he got to hug uh, Terry Farrell um, from DS Nine, and how nice she was to him, I wanted to kill him because I wanted to be there too. Hubba, hubba. <laughs> so I can meet her. Like he's met almost all of them. Like yeah. I, I was with him when he met Riker. When we met uh, John, Jonathan Frakes, and right. I, my voice cracked. And I'm a grown man. Hello, a Commander, Captain. <laughs> and my voice cracked anyway. But we'll be talking about different shows. Uh, we keep it kind of short, like 15, maybe 30 minutes. And uh, we'll, but we we'll have regular shows, so we'll do parters and stuff. Like you know, so we catch up. We're, we're definitely going to be covering. Um, our favorite episodes, our favorite track episodes, 
and we'll have guests. Well, I'm definitely going to have you guys on too. Absolutely, uh, anytime. Oh, I look forward to it. I'll, yeah. I'll bring the trivia. Or I'll see if I yes. can stump, stump JK. Okay, we'll do that. Yeah. Excellent, Richard. What about you? What you doing? You still doing the DC TV and yeah, I'm on DC TV with uh, Daryl there and our buddy Jim that's occasionally been on this, um, and of course on Walking Dead TV, um, which we'll be recording tomorrow. Which yes, we will. Fear the Walking Dead is back. Yes, watch it. And um, I may or may not be on this one tomorrow, but I'm going to try. And yeah, occasionally on other shows on HHWLOD. So um, you can always get me on the Twitter at ChubToad01. Thank you. And for those of you who don't know, I host the Auto Chat Show. That's autochatshow.com, facebook.com forward slash autochatshow. Me and my co-host Teddy review new cars so you don't have to. And we have a lot of fun doing it. Um, it's We've been doing this for at least two years now, and we've reviewed more cars than I can even remember. So if you're into cars, you want to hear about new car reviews, us lamenting about cars, having fun, it's really a lot of fun too. We we keep it light and um, have lots of jokes, and we definitely um, we interviewed the just recently the corporate director of communications for Kia. His name is James Bell. He's a friend of the show. We've interviewed him before, and uh, he was talking about the JD Power uh, Associates uh, Award where they um, where Kia actually got the best brand for 2016. So we'll be talking about that in the next show. We're also reviewing the Mustang, 2016 Mustang, 2016 Camaro, and the F-150. So a lot to do with America, some Korean cars, and just a lot of fun around. And check us out, Auto Chat Show on iTunes, and we love uh, love talking about that. And, of course, I'll be hosting the HHWLOD Walking Dead TV podcast. Looks like for the next 16 weeks, we've got uh, eight weeks of fear and then eight yeah, weeks of, um, of, of, of Walking Dead proper. So uh, Take your vitamins. Not uh, even a break. I, it, you're right. There's not even a break. I have no. lined up my work schedule so I know that Monday nights I am free for the next 16 weeks. I've already planned it out. So, uh, matter of fact, I'm going to have to go down right now and watch here and take my notes <laughs> and be ready for this. tomorrow night. We can do we this. We can do this, guys. All right. We can definitely. We yeah. did. Listen, we just did it on the back end. We just did a 60. I did a 60 week run. We did. Yes, you did. The, this back end of, of, of season six mm-hmm. and then the first end of fear. And now we'll do the other end. So, it's going to be fun. Uh, but check it out. So I think Fear's going to be pretty good. I'm seeing that the Toby ratings come in right now. They're kind of mixed, but uh, yeah. we'll see what happens with that. It, yeah, it, it's the, the most promising it's been yet. Yes. Because okay. I think they released it early for some critics yesterday is uh-huh. what I've seen. And I'm, I've heard some mixed reviews, but so far so good. And so. I don't know what possessed me to do this. The other day, I just out of the blue decided to watch the whole Flight 462 <laughs> Uh, okay. Now, did you watch the whole thing like straight? The, 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 I watched the entire thing straight. It's through like fifteen a, minutes, wow. right? And yeah, I, I just was like, "Why did I do this?" Is you feel like you want to take one of those knitting needles and put it in your own head, right? Is that what you want to do? <laughs> I, I'm just telling you, it's like something possessed me. I just like, why did I do oh, this? Was it the bad acting, or what? What, <laughs> what, what got you? I mean, was it the I, the non-existent plot, the bad acting, the? <laughs> I just I don't know. Don't open the bathroom door. I know, I know. Don't it's so open bad. The bathroom door. So, so 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 let me ask you a question. So is it better to watch it then once a week in fifteen chunks? Is that was that? No, no, no. no. It's better to take it this way. But see, I'd already done it this way <laughs> once. I just I can't. I don't know. You know, maybe I decided to sugar cookies. 
or something. I don't know, but I watched. Something got his, his, his imagination peaked yeah, at that point, right? Yeah, his imagination telling him, it's going to be good. That's so it. we'll, we'll talk more about this on the Fear the Walking Dead TV podcast. Yeah. If you guys want to tune into that, that'll be starting up again tomorrow. Uh, just It's the Walking Dead TV podcast, but we do one for fear as well. So just check it out on your iTunes and uh, on the web. And this will be going up as well on the HHWLOD Master Feed. So we appreciate you finding us there as well as on the web. And as always, folks, thanks for listening. We'll be coming back in a uh, hopefully a short time for Voyager. So get ready, set your course for the Delta Quadrant and all the fun and hijinks that happen uh, over there. So once again, folks, thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.